I think it's time to grow this dream. Get everybody on the mics together. Okay, three, two, one podcast. What is a physical body? It is merely an object. It is a form of existence far too impure to store the podcasts within us called Sudden But Inevitable. Now you will listen as I introduce myself. I am Captain Bootscoot, a.k.a. Vanilla Husband, a.k.a. your host, Jesse. And of course, this is the Sudden But Inevitable Rebop, the podcast where we take two anime-resistant first-timers through one or two episodes of Cowboy Bebop in a given week. Now, I have some very, very, very cool bounty hunters to introduce you to that come along for the ride every week. The first of those, of course, is my lovely co-host and co-pilot at Miss My Arm Cast, Kylie. Kylie, how has your week been? It has been a good one. Glad to be here. I am so proud of you for that face. I just died laughing. That was really good. Um, so yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I I appreciate that. I'm uh I'm gotta say right up front, we're very happy to have you back aboard. So Thank you. um it was it was one of those weeks last week. If you listened last week or watched last week, you will know that Kylie wasn't here and we had some trouble staying on topic, but I think we pulled one out and I think that we're going to do much better this week. So thank you for coming. Now, filling out that chair next to Miss Kylie normally, and of course this week as well, is my good friend, the host of the Twist My Arm podcast, Josh. Josh, welcome to the show, my friend. How are you doing? I am doing great. I want to apologize for last week. There will be no stalling this week, I promise. Right, Kylie? No stalling. Right. Perfect. <laughs> That's okay. Now, I'm going to let Josh talk about this, but the Twist My Arm podcast recently hit a really cool milestone, Josh. Oh, we actually hit two milestones. Um, we hit 500 followers on Twitter, which is really Boom. cool. And we also hit 1,000 downloads, which for a podcast that's been around for five years doesn't seem like too much. But at the beginning of this year, I only had about 111 downloads total from from previous things. So um, obviously my, my uh, advertising has gotten a little bit better. Um, my partners have been showing me a lot along the way. Thank you, Jesse, for that. Um, but yes, we have hit an amazing milestone of a thousand downloads this last week. So thank you to everyone that has been a part of that, that has listened and helped us out along the way. It's it's awesome. I'm stoked. Very cool, and congratulations. Of course, that does lead us to our final anime resistant first timer. Ricky Heavy Kiff Energy D from Best Flicks with Ricky D is joining us. How are you doing this week, Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D? I'm doing good. I like a lot of that. Uh, the Heavy D and uh, what else did you say? Energy D. Heavy we Kiff Energy. Yeah. Remember Kiff last week? We had Ricky a we... D from Best Flicks with Ricky D and his Energy D. <laughs> his emotional we're, D. We're we're. <laughs> 
we're workshopping it. Wow. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> are you are you doing good, Ricky D? You're doing all I'm right. I'm doing good. I'm okay. doing good. Right, uh, the we're... episodes were a little bit sad this week. I actually. Uh, I contained all of my tears into one giant cup. <gasps> wow, that's a lot. And I'm going to have to get all of that tears and energy back into me. That's a good call. Recycle the sadness into yeah. productivity. Mm, salty. And that could be a Best Flicks, lo- or Best Flicks sound clip. Uh, <laughs> I forgot what you just said. Uh, recover the sadness. Uh, recycle sadness into productivity. Recycle the sadness, yes. Yes. Um, I smell a t-shirt. We'll recycle the sadness. (laughs) Wow. We are off to a wonderful start, my friends. And finally, it is my absolute joy and honor, nay, my childish giddy pleasure, to reintroduce one of our most well-loved guests from season one and one of my favorite people in the world, Sean Luke Piconnery himself, Cameron Harrison of Green Shirt, a newbie's trick through the next generation. Cameron, welcome aboard, my friend. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. You know, I'm just I'm just here because I've got a lot of debts, and I was told if I come on this podcast, I I could get rid of them all. It's true. That's actually how um, we got Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D to be on this podcast. But I I don't actually know about the mechanics of it, so maybe you could fill me in as we go along. I'll let you know. I'll let you know. Don't worry about it. Deeply appreciated. (laughs) Thank you for having me on. I'm so excited to be here, guys, to talk some Cowboy Bebop with y'all. It's been a while. It's been a hot minute. Jesse asked me which episode I wanted, and I watched Cowboy Bebop in college about 20 years ago, and uh, haven't since. Uh, So I've been watching with you guys. Thank you so much for doing this podcast. So it gave me an excuse to finally rewatch the show, (laughs) which I remembered loving, but remembered very little about uh except i knew there was one song i loved that i've listened to over and over for the last 20 <clears throat> years and so i picked the episode with that song not knowing it was the second to last episode so i had a long wait but here i am i'm very deeply interested in that and i think we can definitely wait until we get there because i have like a, a very huge personal emotional musical note on that episode as well so mm. i'd be interested to see if they line up and yes uh cameron was one of the first people to actually know that we were going to do cowboy bebop for season two of our podcast and i was like hey which episode like he said and he said hard luck woman and in my head the only one i could remember was honky tonk woman so it's like Oh, great. He means that episode right up front. He'll help us reintroduce <laughs> Sudden But Inevitable. It'll be great. And then I went and looked at the episode list, and I was like, what, what did I do? Are you avoiding me? Or have I offended you? Did, I, did you not appreciate the appearance that I put in on your show? I mean, if that's the case, that's fair, but I, I just need to know, you know, so. I, I basically had the same reaction when I looked at the episode list. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. He's going to think I hate will him. It, will he let me sneak in for an earlier one? I don't know. I didn't want to ask. Yes. And it's one of those, like, this season, you may have noticed, wonderful listeners and viewers, that we've had fewer guests than we had last season. And mostly that is um, a function of the busyness of my life um, as it relates to my work life and how that fluctuates with the changing of the months. Um, So it became significantly simpler for us to just kind of stick with the crew, with the found family from season one, and you know go go about it that way for the most part now to that point 
That's kind of why Cameron is here. Cameron is part of the found family from season one. He's one of our more popular episodes on our downloads all time. So we figured, hey, win-win, right? Now. I just choose good episodes to join for. It's, it's. I mean, he's not stupid, ladies and gentlemen. part of it. Now, before we get any further, and we're going to jump right into these episodes, because Kylie is here and we don't have to stall, we're just going to say hello, we love you, thank you, good morning, good evening, and what is up to live chat. That's Callie D, that's Rosie, that's a couple of other names that I saw in there. And I just, I can't tell you guys, every week, we are just, we're so grateful to have people here with us live. It means the world to us. And it's sort of the point of the show, right? Is that we're sharing things with our friends and like the people that we really care about. And those people are here in the live chat. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't care about you if you're listening to this as a podcast. It just means that I can't talk quite as directly to you. So if you'd like... Join us every Friday at 8.30 p.m. Mountain at youtube.com slash twistmyarmpodcast. With all that out of the way, I think it's time to hand it over to Kylie for the first synopsis of the week. Actually, I'm totally wrong. We have more stuff to get through. I'm sorry. First thing that we have to get through is a very special announcement for a very cool friend of the show that everybody knows, actually. So I've been on Cheap Seat. Ricky D has been on Cheap Seat Reviews. Sean has been on Cheap Seat Reviews. Josh has been on Cheap Seat Reviews. Our friend Sean from Cheap Seat Reviews has a very cool son named Declan, and he is turning nine this weekend. So, as we do here at the Sudden But Inevitable Rebop, we're going to say, Happy birthday, Declan. We're very excited for you. We've heard that you like Star Wars and that um, you're totally allowed to stay up late if you want, I think, (laughs) is what I heard. On, on your birthday but yes. I, I'm not I'm not sure if that's true that's just what I heard so take that to the bank and don't let your dad get away with it so we just wanted to say happy birthday happy birthday Woo. yes thank you Sean for making us aware we appreciate it happy birthday Declan nine is a fantastic age it's all downhill Possibly one of my top three favorite ages so enjoy it man nine is great <laughs> happy doesn't birthday. get much more official than that the last I'm saying this trepidatiously because i'm not sure but the last piece of business that we have is a very cool um transmission from a very cool friend and supporter of ours Cinesera, who is the very good craftsman behind the uh cowboy bebop art you can see on the wall behind me josh if you wouldn't mind my friend cue up that video take my pod take my cast take me where the shows don't last i don't care i still see Episodes I pay to stream. I do want to say that he did have different music behind it when he was drinking, um, but I I had to change it for <laughs> reasons, uh, copyright reasons. Yeah, which that song that we just played still gets his freaking copyright kicked every time. So I guarantee I'll yeah. have to dispute this as well. But at least uh, it won't be officially taken down i do have to say that the time the length of the song was just perfect for video (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's like it was made for it now that that video of course features our very cool friend sinicera and he's wearing a very cool sudden but inevitable season one t-shirt that has tour dates on the back with all of our guests and the dates that they hung out with us during season one in which of course we covered firefly and the song that you just heard is called The Ballad of Inevitability, and that's the theme song from season one of our <laughs> podcast. Go check it out. You, I think you might have heard of it. We're called Sudden But Inevitable. Ballad of Rosie, Inevitability. Rosie has that shirt. Thank you, Rosie. 
Yeah. This is, I don't know about you guys, but I am overflowing with mirth and um, gratitude already for the evening. So before I bloviate in a way that keeps everyone else from speaking, is it time to hand it over to Kylie? Does anybody else have any? I think. Ricky. Oh, Ricky D. Ricky D. Go. I'm sorry, Ricky D. Yeah. Uh, I had a question for Cameron. Are you one of our Shepherds of Shine from season one? I believe I was mentioned as that. I don't okay. know if there's... I mean, I don't have a badge or anything. <laughs> sure, sure. Why not? Uh, oh, you didn't you get the tattoo? tattoo? We oh, haven't... Did you not get the we memo? Haven't really, <laughs> uh, we haven't really come up with anything for our second season to give the good names to our um, highly interactive, interactive mm-hmm. fans, that kind of thing. Uh, I threw out an idea way back at the beginning of the season. I'd like to try it again. Okay. Yes. Uh, the entrepreneurs. <laughs> I. If we want to try and label a couple of our I, entrepreneurs, isn't bad. I think it's great. It's, it's, um... Your biggest issue is that you didn't come <laughs> up with it, though. Totally. Oh no 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 no. Um, it just feels like the obvious one to me. Uh, but but if everybody is cool with entrepreneurs, do you have another suggestion? I preferred connoisseurs. Entrepreneurs is a lot of things. I don't know if it's obvious. Right, I, right. I, I, as as a person who smashes words together like a child at a rate that's probably far too high for his age. See, I would, I, I can, would just I call will, them. Con, the, I will concede that. I'll just call them the sudden beboppers. Well, mm. so I, I had thought connoisseurs of cool because it's like the whole show is about what's cool and knowing for sure and confidence, and you know, it kind of implies that they know that our show is cool. But I do appreciate, like I said, I love a good smashed together word. So if we want to go with entrepreneurs, we can definitely design a or shirt or, or a badge or bodacious beboppers. <laughs> Still like on entrepreneurs. <laughs> and it would <laughs> okay. Well, if that's, I think that's a. Do we have a quorum? I think that's a quorum. Live chat, if you could, uh, if you could throw your votes into the yeah. chat, I would deeply appreciate that. Um, and, um, and now I have <laughs> something to you. Have, you have corrections, correct? I do. Okay, so this is this is, I think maybe the first time all season that we've had corrections from more than one person in the same episode because I have one too that I forgot about. Go ahead, Josh. I'm sorry. So I have two corrections. Um, the first one is last week I said. Arm wailing, and I meant arm flailing. <laughs> My bad. I appreciate that. I'm that sorry. means the world to me. Um, and the other one was for Ricky, who kept calling Ed he. I believe I'm, I? I I'm going to call you out for that one, because we definitely I... learned in this week that Ed is a she. To be fair, though, <laughs> I, I definitely apologize for that. was confused. <laughs> I was going to so, say. Yeah, yeah I mean... True. Ricky's Which is the old. point we made the first time this happened to Ricky D from Best Flicks yeah. with Ricky D was, hey, it's going to happen in the show to the character as well. So it's, yeah. uh, Rosie says Beboppers of Shine. That's not bad. Mm. I like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cowboys of Cool. Beboppers is an easy word to design. Oh, Cowboys of Cool Cow- is, is pretty one. good. I like that one. Callie D, there is a Twitter voting poll if you want other people to weigh in. Just saying, wow, the shade <laughs> from Callie D. Ladies and gentlemen, we are 17 minutes in and it has begun. So, uh, yeah, good call, Callie. We can throw the poll up. That's a good call. Just, I think that's probably the best way to... It's Here's the thing. I've mentioned it multiple times and then it didn't happen. I apologize. It's entirely on the captain. 
and I accept that responsibility. And Callie's just getting and revenge for last week with you. Was it last week where you just were slamming every single, like just all of us, Ricky and I were just getting, <laughs> it was like layups and NBA Jam that style hoop on fire slam dunks. <laughs> I think that I think that was two weeks ago, but okay. I, uh, I appreciate that um, it would be weird if I brought it up, so I thank you for doing that. So... My small correction is um, last week I called our friend Phil K a uh, sponge of resources, which made it sound like for some reason Phil cost us a lot of money. I meant to say <laughs> sponge of references because he never misses a reference. He's so just wanted to clarify. Phil, that. you mooch. <laughs> yeah. We get filled for free here at Sudden But Inevitable. Now, he fi- he fil- 19 he minutes even. <laughs> there we go. Shirts galore. Nineteen minutes in, Kylie. Please save us from ourselves. Give us the synopsis for our first session of the week, Let's and then the fun it. facts that you have to pair with it. Okay. Um. So session twenty-three, brain scratch. Faye goes undercover to collect a bounty on a deranged cult leader, but when the mysterious organization brainwashes her into a very deep sleep, she'll need a little help from her friends. Um, and this one was a little bit short on the fun facts, um, but I do have to say, I think the obvious um, thing that everybody went to reference-wise was Heaven's Gate, Heaven's Gate Cult with the mass suicide, and that was 1997, which was very, very recent, you know, very recent when the show uh, was put out, made, stuff like that. So so that's about it that for that one. That one, and there were for me, there were definitely some matrix vibes here um although that one would have been in the opposite direction where the creators of the matrix saw this and took that to the bank so this episode sort of just starts with a guy admonishing us like i don't know my first reaction was like hey speak for yourself guy like why are you so mad at me and i didn't do anything also migrate to electronics does not acronymate acronymize the acronym for Migrate to Electronics Movement is not Scratch. So uh, why do they call it Scratch? Did anybody come up with an idea of why they called it Scratch? It scratches your brain. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like the I title mean, of the episode? Because it scratches your your brain and scrambles it Aww. or something? He's doing his best. I was also wondering why it focused <laughs> oh. on the A a lot, like the A on the Earth. Yeah. I was like, what's up with the A? What's so important about A? And then it just became the A in Scratch. And I... Yeah, but... and the A wasn't even part of, wouldn't even fit in the other name for the thing. I mean, A could A could symbolize the beginning of, you know, uploading consciousness to robots. The alpha? Uh, is there, oh yeah. Is there a chance it's just something that they were like, we should translate this into something less provocative maybe it's more provocative in the original japanese x well no i mean it was in was were the titles in english in the original japanese or not because usually they have both oh you're right i they probably were because they did they did subtitle it even in the sub version of ricky's shaking his head like he he knows no no i have no idea (laughs) i got nothing on this one i just rolled with it because at the end of that commercial i just went like Wow, they nailed late nineties like late night infomercials. Yeah, they did. and then I had to remind myself, oh wait, this was made at, at that time. They just nailed the at the commercials of their time. Yeah, 
But either way, it was still really good, even down to that, like, well, those names don't really make sense, but okay. Well, and that, I, that infomercial was so funny because it was very, like, 90s, the 90s always had these ridiculous inventions, you know, the the sham wow and all I've that. seen on TV stuff. Yeah, all that <laughs> stuff. And this one was another ridiculous one. It was, did they kept, kept, I'm pretty sure they kept saying, uh, you can be a DJ while you work out. I want that. The, uh... The dream, like the, the dream, something. Oh, I lost it. So the I, double light, the, the double light DJ workout machine. Yeah. <laughs> I love and it. That's just, on my Christmas list. While you're running, <laughs> <laughs> I kept waiting for that to come into the episode somewhere because every other commercial like had something to do with the episode. But and maybe that's where because well, he... Rosie says needle on a record album goes off course and makes a scratch. Maybe that's the whole point is that in that infomercial you're becoming a DJ mm-hmm. and learning how to scratch records properly. Now there you go. Okay, yeah. do that. <laughs> That's what the whole thing, um, the whole, whole, thing. The whole meaning of this yeah. episode is to learn how to DJ it, properly. Well, it did seem to imply that you could drive a car by dancing. Like put put this thing on and then dance around and any video game will be correctly controlled. Like well, mm. sort of by magic. Oh, the dream know. machine or the yeah. that's a different device. Oh, okay. Sorry, the PSVR about, I was... that they were using. Oh, you guys are talking <laughs> about okay. The virtual boy. Yeah. Apologies. Yes. Um, and, well, and that, I just want to buy something from David Blakely, like yesterday. I, that guy was like so, he was exactly correct for an infomercial, like you said, Cameron. And they were like, that was the most American name they could come up with. David Blakely. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was, yeah, I, I almost like wanted to turn off the lights and go get some chips just to like max out the immersion. <laughs> like, you know what? If I'm gonna watch this, I should be depressed. Well, you there should shouldn't also be anyone drink, like, around. Seven Mountain Dews, kind of Just thing. Have a bunch of cans laying oh. around you. <laughs> I actually don't drink Mountain Dew. Yeah, me either. I don't drink soda at all, but I don't think that was the the point. Yeah, that's just what oh. soda did. She wasn't trying to tell people about like your oh. drinking habits, Jesse. I'm just. It's, I, it's a bit. I drink soda, but well, I don't. I don't like. Jesse just Dew. ruined that. <laughs> it's a. Uh, well, it wouldn't work for me because in the bit I would be not drinking Mountain Dew. So. It's not funny because it doesn't really. Okay. Yep. I told you before the jokes get funnier once they've been explained. Did you guys notice? I don't that, know that I was right. Did you notice that Spike made Beeriel? Yes. <laughs> I was wondering what that. Well, does that mean Ed made Beeriel? I think Ed would have a Mountain Dew. I think she was pretty Mountain Dewial. <laughs> <laughs> I think she was pretty clearly using milk. Mountain Dew. Oh, okay. uh, but yes, d- but is that what he was eating? Is that what Spike was eating? I thought maybe it was maybe like noodles or something. I couldn't but tell. But it did kind of. Yeah, because wasn't uh, Jet was uh, cooking like stir fry before that in the scene before that, right? Was that before that? I think so. It's so difficult. He's, he's cooking stir fry when Spike calls him in to see Faye on the TV. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And And yeah, that's a good call. I, I did really love the, the shots of Ed eating. And I have to ask you, Josh, I know that anime eating was on your list of pet peeves at the start of the season. It's still there. Still, despite the just, ultimate adorability of Ed, no, it's, really. It's adorable, sure, but like I, you know, it still annoys adorable, me. Adorable, sure. Well, wow. I, I bet you loved in the next one where they're shoving 
hard boiled just eggs. Eggs in their mouth. Oh, like, oh well, my god. That was just really I was like, um <laughs> what? <Of> hardcore. <laughs> oh jeez. But it, I mean that's also a reference to something else too. But uh, yes. But no, it does it it I don't really pay attention anymore. Like you know what I mean? Because there, there's no. always going to be the little tropes that I'm gonna that's gonna oh, annoy gotcha. me. But I just you're not looking for the small. I've things moved past to, them to bug you and enjoyed gotcha. them and enjoyed everything. So, yeah, uh, so. Callie D in the chat makes a great point. If Ed can't heal Josh, no one can. So, all right, we can't we cannot talk about this episode without talking about. Uh, we could, but it would be stupid. We can't not talk about the Matrix and Ghost in the Shell and. Any other movies where a brain gets downloaded into a computer? Cameron, go. Oh, shoot. Uh, Matrix. Um, oh, Matrix Reloaded. Um, You're cheating. Matrix Revolutions. Matrix Revolutions. Uh, Lawnmower Man. Uh, Matrix Resurrections. Oh, now. Man. Ricky D. Lawnmower Man 2. Ricky D. Uh, didn't Shinichiro Watanabe write the Animatrix? Or he was highly involved with it, one right? of them. One, one of, of them, the probably, one of the episodes. Least. Yeah, I forgot about Animatrix. That's that's a classic. That's a oh, thing. Yeah. Uh, I I I feel like there was a previous Cowboy Bebop episode about this. Was there not? Or it was the uh, chess yeah. thing. I mean, kind of. Well, the, maybe yeah, it was just the chess. The old satellite AI became and that yeah uh, sentient. Rosie that. says upload, mm. um, which I believe is a more oh. recent movie. What about? Wasn't there that Johnny Depp one? Transcendence. Transcendence. I almost watched that today. Um, Eternal Sunshine could probably be considered that. You should have, so we could have just watched that today. (laughs) Wait a minute. Josh, did you not watch a movie today? I did watch a movie today. (laughs) It was it was Chaos Walking though. Pretty terrible movie. I, <laughs> Ghost in the Machine in the oh, show. Yeah. Oh no, no, Ghost no. in the oh, Machine. Yeah, 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 Ghost in the Machine. Yep. Uh, what about that yep. Ready Player One garbage? Oh, um, that was more you. like <laughs> it's Ricky. It, oh, you've you've offended our guest, and he's leaving. Well done, Josh. Way to offend our guest. I apologize. I'm I'm I'm. On that wow, that's <laughs> that's penance right there, no, ladies I'm and gentlemen. Gone. Now. Josh is allowed his opinion. Now here's the thing. As wrong as like, no, I'm here's gone. the thing. There's something about the movie that was a little bit soulless, and I think we've discussed this on another episode. Now I'm, I'm, we're talking about Ready Player One. I'm not saying it was bad. I'm not saying the source material is bad. I'm saying there was something about the movie that struck me personally as a little bit soulless. I didn't say it was a bad movie. Me too. I don't begrudge the movie for existing. I think Josh dislikes it slightly more than i do um wasn't it a spielberg movie uh, I, we, we it doesn't matter <laughs> 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 I, I retract that question cowboy <laughs> <laughs> so how do you guys did you guys see this interstitial screen in here you know how sometimes they put the screen where there would be like a um a commercial they'll just show the title card cowboy bebop and then they'll cut to black mm-hmm. the interstitial screen on this one was really uncomfortable and it was like three seconds long but it kind of like irked me a little bit because it was like that scratchy handwriting and it was like a mm-hmm. high-pitched sound i didn't it was eesh. yeah i have a question for maybe kylie for this or if anyone knows because i went to the cowboy bebop wiki to prepare for this podcast and in the plots i think that they refer to that as an eye catch yes does anyone know about that and why it's called yeah. that so yeah go ahead. go ahead no jesse go ahead 
I was okay. just going to say, my, someone, please. My assumption has been uh, throughout my rewatch of this series is that it's basically just their word for a cold open. Like, um, sometimes, for example, Star Trek will do that where they'll have a little thing and then they'll play the credits. But I guess, well, but it's not the cold open; it's the hat midway point. Right. It's like a. It's oh, you're supposed to catch that piece you while you're flipping through. Oh, gotcha. It's while you're, mm. yeah, it, most oh, okay. TV shows have commercials around the same time. So when the other show goes to commercial and you start flipping around, they want to put that title card there for either one second or three seconds in this uh, episode. And you'll go, oh, yeah, Cowboy Bebop. I'll stop here. Gotcha. I thought you were I talking like about that first clip before the they show the session title. My bad. But I think Ricky D nailed it. That's well, got to be it. It's right? got to be like the graphics. You learn it in like graphic design school where you have to put that big eye catch pop in the front to catch someone's mm-hmm. attention because then they're going to read what's directly below it. And then so it's like a it's something to basically just catch people's attention. I just hadn't heard that term used for it, but uh, good. Yeah, now, I think that's right. The cool thing about it is so if you were watching this Back in the day on Adult Swim, mm. they would, Adult Swim's bumpers were always black, right? So this would fit perfectly in there because they cut to black and then they have that black background with the eye catch on it. I mean, it, it all would flow just beautifully well. I could I could definitely deal with that. Uh, Callie D says, I'm just going to hide over in the corner and not say... <laughs> What I think about Ready Player One, I don't know if Josh has the power to block me from the chat. Um, Josh would never do that Mm -mm. to you, Callie D. Also, does that mean you agree with me or disagree with me? (laughs) I think most people fear banishment from disagreement, not from agreement. Oh, that's fine. Everybody disagrees with me all the time. I'm wearing a Colorado Rockies hat. Worst team in the league. (laughs) He's easy to disagree with, folks. We're the worst. We just found... We just found the the middle part of Josh's intro title, ladies and gentlemen. Easy to disagree with. The head of the Twist My Arm <laughs> Network. So this game, this game system, this VR game system is kind of like that game from that Star Trek episode called The Game where everyone plays that game. Mm. Except that's a, here, that's a good episode. Wesley is a Wes Corgi. How about that mm. for a tie-in? That's the, that's the sex game, huh? That's one. That's one. So it's yeah. Do you have one? I don't Cameron? think I've seen that episode. Oh, oh dude. damn it! No, yes, you have. That's a that's a. I've fi- seen. You've I've m- seen like one where they play like the uh, the chess ball game with the fingers. <sighs> well, here's the thing, Cameron. You'll I've know. been attempting to spoil an episode of Next Generation for you. You've tried this whole season. Like every time that I'm like, oh, this is like that exact thing. It's an episode you haven't seen. So I apologize, but there's a show. There's an episode called The Game where they have a game and. Uh, they play it in a, much, in a very similar way. Yeah, you just ruined my it's entire like, podcast. Just I can't I know, finish it now. I know. Um, I basically know everything that it's happens. It's incredible. In that they now. they moan every time they they get something like good in the game. Like they they accomplish something. A, oh man! Once yeah, once you watch it, similar you're gonna be able to thing. reference back I've to this episode. One, yeah. Be like, oh my god, those. I think Josh is actually trying to spoil. No, it I'm now, not. Though. I'm he, done he now. Is. I'm done saying anything. He is. <laughs> but it's it's just that same like. Idea of like the neural mm-hmm. link to a game. So, but yeah, I well maybe go ahead. Maybe I'm just too old here, but I mean, there's there's some big video game people here. You guys know your video games. Mad respect. Are you too young to have experienced the Virtual Boy? No, because my God, I oh, no. always wanted to, but never never had the chance. I, had to I put played on. the demo Virtual Boy at Sears, 
long oh. enough that my eyeballs fell out and we had to it, it was a small emergency one of my friends <laughs> those aren't your natural eyes no. <laughs> oh. one of my neighborhood friends had one and so we were always at his house mm. playing it and yeah it was awful for sure a kid in my neighborhood that i was like i was friends with by proxy right like he he was friends with somebody i was friends with owned one and i think i played it twice and it was i believe it was mario tennis Mm -hmm. which was already Mm -hmm. like i don't care about mario tennis but i (laughs) guess it's sort of 3d that's cool like please it, it, I mean, it, it is. If I'm cool. going to immerse myself in a video game. It, it must be Mario Tennis. I, right. That's the world I want yeah. to live in. Yeah. So, uh, had it been Mario Kart, now that would have been a different story. But I don't know if they had it for Virtual Boy. But yeah, it was one of those like it was. It was very, very mm-hmm. small. Uh, Callie has watched Ready Player One four times at least, and she really I've probably it. seen it more. And than I said that. that's okay. <laughs> I, I like some pretty bad movies myself. So you know, everyone has their <sighs> opinion. He does. I don't even love it that much. I just kind. Of, I mean, I like it. I just. Well, and we've spoken before, like how every movie that Josh and Kylie do mention that for some reason they just watch is like under five on Rotten Tomatoes, <laughs> which again is not an objective way to measure to measure a movie's quality. It's just funny that it it's happens to line up that way. Always. Now, <laughs> have you guys ever? gotten lost in a video game like this let's start with ricky d from best flicks with ricky d then we'll go cameron josh and kylie so ricky d i'm talking no life mode i'm talking you should be doing other things but you're ignoring your responsibilities i'm talking fully immersed in a video game lay it on me well diablo 2 resurrected is coming out at the end of this month i believe and when the original diablo 2 was on pc i stayed up until about 5 a.m playing it every night it was awful but i kicked a lot of ass nice uh lost i mean sure final fantasy i remember was like one of the first ones that like i think i got it for christmas and uh, my parents didn't see me for the rest of my christmas break (laughs) because i just like made a nest on the recliner and played that game and i still think didn't even beat it then um you know uh, the fallout games and the uh, scroll games i mean yeah, I would go over to friends' houses to spend the night, and we would just be in the basement playing, uh, like the original El- Elder Scrolls. What was it? Um, Daggerfall, mm-hmm. I think. Yes. Just, uh, just yeah. Now the wee hours of the morning, the parents would have to come down and like, or they'd wake up and come down and be like, "Well, here's your breakfast." Our our lore master Phil is not in the chat, as far as I'm aware, this evening. But if I'm not mistaken, Daggerfall was actually the second Elder Scrolls game. Yeah, and I have. No arena, idea. yeah, arena there it the is. First. There you go. You guys got there before we me played both. I we wouldn't played have both known it. Basically. I would not have gotten there at all. Uh, so yeah, Josh, what about you? Uh, there's there's plenty plenty of games that I've gotten lost in. Uh, Metal Gear Solid, played that for a long time, and for some reason I played the first one over and over and over and over again. It was good. Um, like to the point where I had all the special stuff. Like I had beat that game without killing anyone. It was pretty bad but that was one of those like stay up all night drinking a ton of whatever citrus drop or whatever surge how did we get a mountain dew runner going (laughs) i i am not the like kylie have you ever gotten lost in a video game my friend (laughs) 
Um, yes. And oddly enough, it's the uh, dot hack games based off of the anime. And basically, the whole oh, cool. all what dot hack is about is somebody playing a virtual reality game and getting stuck in it. Um, oh, yes. And that happened to you? Um, well, n- no. Like, I just mean that, like. <laughs> Well, I, I said no life, first. like playing too much and this, that, and the other thing. Did you not? No, no. Like, or, I is, mean, or do you have self-control? I, like, no, I think that I, I'd like, this, this game it, it is actually a person getting stuck in the virtual reality. Yes, fully understand. Oh, okay, okay. Fully understand. I might be lost. Okay. <laughs> Currently, I am stuck so. on Marvel Future Revolutions. I literally, I woke up early today and watched the episodes and wrote out all my notes and got this, like, video thing going by like nine o'clock so I could sit on the couch and play my mobile game for eight hours. He's not lying. It's been all over the Twist My Arm Network group chat. Everybody's like, Marvel game, Marvel game. Dude. So uh, we'll, I tried we'll that game. It, it kind of sucks. <laughs> well, so I'm yeah. going to take that to the bank. I'm going <laughs> to, and you just got took to the <laughs> bank too. Kylie, I didn't mean to He's step gone. on your, your explanation of dot hack. I was trying to imply that you actually probably had better self-control than the rest of us and were able to step away from a game before it became an addictive problem with you, knowing that it would be too meta because the game you're talking about is has the anime where they get stuck in it. So I apologize for the poorly constructed setup. That was definitely on me. Callie D in the live chat says, Oof, the worst I've had that with was the MMORPG RuneScape back in the day. I almost had to repeat a year in school because of it. Just as well, my mother is not in the chat oh tonight. That I remember is RuneScape. Awesome. All my loser cousins played RuneScape. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Wow. Why, do you hate, why do you hate Joy so much? <laughs> yeah. uh, you're like friends with the wasps, huh? You just wake up and choose hate every day. <laughs> choose violence. Mm. I'm sure them it being chooses me. And them playing RuneScape was not connected. Yeah, that was probably yeah. a coincidence. It's Jeez. a link that I've drawn. <laughs> I know somebody who just uh, took a Best Flicks with Ricky D hat out of their cart on the Twist My Arm <laughs> yeah. Network shop, I think. I gotta say, took a dump in it. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if it's been purchased, but you're right. They do have multiple uses. Go to twistmyarmpodcast.com, click on the shop tab, and you will find all of our products from all of our cool podcasts. Which, by there. the way, this month until uh, the 30th, if you use the code SHINY15, you'll get 15% off all your orders. That's for the Sudden But Inevitable Ooh. Shop. You'll have to check out all the other shows to get their codes. Fancy. But they all have codes. They all have That's codes. That's the coolest thing. Or go to my Twitter just and just see my everywhere. pinned tweet, and you'll see all the codes right there, too. <laughs> if you want to be a cheater. Cast. <laughs> yep. Or if you would like to spend your money at our store, please feel free. Now, is Ed wearing one of Faye's dresses all clipped up here when they go to lie about being the family of this guy? Is that a Faye dress? Is that one of the ones that we've seen her wear? I guess I... It kind of looked like Kaylee's dress. Right, right, totally. (laughs) Um, I actually was wondering the same thing, though. I was like, where'd this dress come from? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Chet took her to buy something pretty. It was... and, And it was... I mean, it was ill-fitting, but it was super cute. Am I right? It was like one of the cutest things ever. Personally. It, she was like a four-year-old girl playing dress-up, too. She was just yeah. so happy with herself. <laughs> I loved That's it. So oh, Rosie. Talk about your deep cuts. Rosie in the live chat. I had a severe hand cramp from Duck Hunt. That is cool. I respect that deeply. That 
goddamn dog. <laughs> Why is he gonna laugh at me? Like I don't know Jerk. him. I didn't, so didn't do anything. Dog taught children across the world hate. Ricky D, how much of that game did you play as a kid? Which game? Uh, Duck Hunt. Oh, quite a bit. I actually totally. His dog was the fa- the dog was his favorite character. I'm sure. Yeah. That all I, ladies and gentlemen. If you ever start a podcast, I hope you get you a Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. <laughs> Nobody does a bit like he. <laughs> now, this kid, who is a criminal mastermind, I guess, he, he, you know what? We're going pretty quickly. Let me take a moment here and do the spot check where I go. Does anybody feel like I've skipped over something they wanted to talk about? Let's start with our wonderful guest, Cameron, and then we'll go Ricky, Josh, and Kylie. Well, you're in like the last five minutes of the episode, Jesse. So yes, the answer is yes. Go ahead. Yeah, I got a lot of notes. Uh, but I don't, I don't even know where to begin. Well, I wanted to ask, did anyone visit the Scratch website? I, I tried to screenshot it and then write it, but my child was yelling, so I did not. Did you? Don't worry. No, yes, I did. There's nothing there. Oh. doesn't work. Uh, <laughs> it's not even a real It's not even a real address. I was like, maybe this is That would have been pretty cool. Now, it would have been. Nowadays, there is a some sort of law, right, that was, I believe, famously exploited on uh, Late Night with Conan O'Brien, where if he says a fictional website name on the air, NBC had to purchase that domain because <laughs> of something. I love it. And, copyright issues, that kind yeah, of thing. So he w- right, so that somebody else couldn't copyright it and then go, you need to pay me royalties from that episode the other day. Right. So he would just say like ridiculous things and they would have to buy those domains. <laughs> I right? love that. <laughs> so this episode of TV probably came out before that law existed. This was I'm sure it did. Yeah. Fittingly the wild frontier of the internet days back in right. 1998 dial up days. <laughs> Man, Ooh, the and that might be why movies. they, yeah, and that might be why they assumed that all television would remain channel based and terrestrial even into <laughs> the future because they, they were already at the yeah. internet. They were like, oh, those will never merge. So, <laughs> I do love when cartoons do TV effects and like the scan lines and everything. I love when like cartoons emulate old TV for some reason. That's just an aesthetic that like speaks to my heart. Um. Yeah, I also probably spent way too much time writing down all the channel numbers and trying to find any sort of connection there. Uh, I failed at that. What I did notice, the only thing that I did notice is I do love how like the numbers keep getting higher and higher. So it feels like you're getting deeper and deeper into, I don't know, the mind of this Londis or the Matrix or whatever. Yeah. It also kind of means like, at least, you know, when I had actual TV and not just streaming services, like the, the higher the channels went, like the more weird and like niche and esoteric they got. And so that's what I kind of liked. Like we were getting into like the weirder and weirder like kind of Canadian and... Nickelodeon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I also love that. Like was big that shots Noggin? was the second to highest uh, channel. We went like, yeah, there's what a handful of bounty hunters watching this channel. No wonder it went off the air. I love yeah. this shot. And it has... I loved when uh, dude photo bombs. <laughs> that, that's got to be the first photo bomb of like ever, right? Ever. <laughs> well, and what? the the one channel that they surfed past, where the very cheery woman in a pile of stuffed animals went. Our channel has very strict standards that keeps you from watching any sort of program like the one that you're watching yeah, right such now. Yeah, this one. And it was. Like, <laughs> I was so confused. <laughs> That's definitely something you would find on channel 212. <laughs> well, and in their heads, right, to, to that point of the terrestrial TV, in their heads, the channels would eventually just go up and up and up and up and up, right? Like there would never be, you know, channel 
9-2 and it's the HD mm-hmm. version of channel 9 and there wouldn't be sub channels or decimal channels no. that kind of thing it would just go into the hundreds and yeah I, there's there is a lot about this show that is quintessentially 90s but I just feel like the last few weeks they've been really laying it on thick maybe it's the baseball references the Betamax references of course did you guys notice that mm-hmm. the remote control in air quotes for the Betamax player is plugged into the Betamax player. Oh, I had one of those remotes. Oof. Oh, man. Brutal. I have never seen a Betamax machine before in person, but um, there's a museum not far from where I live, so there's a chance that I might get to see one someday. Any other notes, Cameron? Uh, I do, but I can I can wait. I can give other people a turn. Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. Have you got anything you feel like we skipped? I want to echo what Callie is saying in the chat. Uh, I, or, sorry, Jet was about to get hypnotized. He was on his way there, and then Ayn stepped in, bit him, and brought him out of it. So, Mm -hmm. Ayn has a lot more effect on the crew than one would really think. Yeah. Yeah. And Ayn immediately seemed to notice the effect on Jet. Like, Mm -hmm. had that. Well, he got the sense that there's like a pitch, a high-pitched squeal that only dogs can hear. Yep. And as soon as they put it on his face... Or, I think Ayn is labeled as a male dog, but as soon as they put it on Ayn's face, I was immediately like kind of uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but like it was super cute. So, sorry, go ahead, Cameron. <laughs> I, oh, I did want to know what Ricky D thought of, of them like rewarding Ayn saving the day by making him a, a, a test hamster, <laughs> uh, yeah, basically. Right? <laughs> um, I just love that uh, Jet said, he fanged me. Yeah. I'm like, fanged. I love that. That turn of phrase, that's what I'm going to say whenever I talk about biting. I'm just going to be like, yeah. I've been fanged. fanged me. (laughs) My lovely, wonderful, beautiful, kind, patient mother-in-law has this really adorable game with my daughter where she goes, I'm going to nibble your fingers. (laughs) And now my daughter is playing that game in reverse and has no pressure control with her lower jaw. So, yeah. Um, Great. Great game. Uh, We're working on (laughs) calibration there. It just, man. Josh and Kylie, do you have any points that you feel like we've jumped past? I don't. Um, man, I, I feel like we kind of skipped over the cancellation of big shots, and and how I'm too sad. How Judy, uh, just kind of (laughs) like turns into a badass all of a sudden. Oh yeah, her personality, her accent (laughs) is gone. (laughs) She just punches dude in the face, and she's like, yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, they've been shrinking her shirt every week for the past <laughs> twenty-four weeks. True, to the point where it's barely there. It's true, I'd be angry. Maybe she's too. just been growing. Oh, yeah, maybe that. Maybe that's well, and yeah, I I kind of thought I got heavy Faye vibes immediately when her voice changed. My agent will hear about this, and it made me wonder: <laughs> Are they voiced mm-hmm. by the same uh, voice actor? I didn't look it up because. You, you may have noticed a running theme here tonight where Cameron does like a bunch of preparation and research <laughs> and really gets all the details and the rest of us are like, I feel this way about an episode because I was happy, which is not a bad thing. It just, I mean, if you like well-researched, detailed, thoughtful, put together things, we can do that um, without the first three things. <laughs> but you could listen to Cameron's podcast, Green Shirt, and get that every single week. Just saying, just throwing it out there. We're not that well researched. I do it more for for guest spots because I want to. Isn't he the prove best? Myself. 
<laughs> gotta prove myself. <laughs> I but that I mean, don't you guys think that this is was a weird episode to cancel Big Shots on, like the fourth no. the last episode? Why not do it on the I, last episode? I think... And then make it mirror the show. This is preparing for the end, especially with the next episode. Like there was just a lot of ending things here. And I think this one, they started with big shots. The next one, they did their big ending with a couple, some characters. And then I feel like, I mean, there's a two part season finale. So I obviously haven't seen that yet. And I have no idea what's going to happen, but, um, I would, I would think that there's some more exits. Hey, Mm-hmm. Sorry, <laughs> cats fighting, fanging each other. Can you hear the like so, the god awful noises they make in the background? Okay, we are not hearing it at all, and I'm deeply grateful for it's it. Like- I know, it just seems like Josh is yelling at a poltergeist. Yeah, I hope everything is okay. Um, now to that point, though, this is the first part. This is the first instance of the show going. Hey, you know this part of the show that you always smile at and makes you feel good? That's done. And you're like, w- uh, okay, that feels unfair. And then to Josh's point, you get to the next episode, and now you're like, kind of starting to furrow your eyebrows at this TV show. Like, well, uh, and uh, especially <laughs> with with this with this one, there was a really cool scene with uh, Jet and Ed, where Ed was like, I want to put on the the virtual reality headset and he's like no if you get lost in there who's gonna do all of our internet stuff mm-hmm. and she's like starts crying about it and he's like quit ri- whining and she's like okay. all right <laughs> like, <laughs> i'm better now that was pretty cool <laughs> yeah. like there's a there's a respect there for for jet that ed has that you know like i've it's got to have been developed since she came aboard so it makes it makes the next episode even even mm-hmm. more I guess on that note, I would like. Yeah. I think it would. I'd like to add that you know, with that dress she was wearing, and she's going up into the hospice or whatever with Jet. I mean, it's kind of a little foreshadowing that she, you know, she actually meets her real dad in the next one, and it's like, "Daddy, Daddy!" There's like so mm-hmm. over the top. It was kind of kind of ridiculous, but yeah. it's cute. <laughs> it's sort of, it's very impactful how much feeling we get for this character with almost no development up to this point. Right, like most of um, the characters' appearances have been for comfort and humor and softness and positivity, which is excellent, and we love her for it. But she starts having to, like, you know, work a little harder and go along on some dangerous missions and, you know, do these things. And she was kind of on her own in the desert a few episodes back, and it's like, okay, there's some growth going on here, you know, um, and that's that's definitely. I don't know. It there's a lot of metaphors going on in this episode, right? There's the the mastermind of this episode for instance is also a kid. They are, you know, in a vegetative state, of course, but when it happened the kid was pretty young from the looks of it. I would say close to the age of Ed. And he built this fantasy world, right? And then he goes and lives in it. And Faye and Ed, you could argue are two characters who have been doing that for most of the series as well. They're like sort of living in a in a next to reality, not always in reality, right? And this this episode has so many layers of reality and and for Faye to go in there undercover and then get taken over anyway, it was like yeah, there's there's a lot of lot of pieces to it. Callie D in the chat perhaps put it best when she said 
Cowboy Bebop made me sad this week. <laughs> That's rough. So, yes. I the last thing that I noted about this episode was that the kids manifesto definitely reads like it was written by a kid. You know, like there's some petulance in there and there's some anger and there's some I want this and I think things should be this and not fair that and sort of a thing. Um, but there's definitely some solid points in the in the dialogue between he and Spike, you know, and there's some some that's kind of what I was asking earlier. Did you ever get lost in a game and stuff? Because he talks about how so much information all the time can be desensitizing. And think about it, guys. This is 20 years ago, 30 years ago, <laughs> like 20 years ago. So the amount of information people were getting 20 years ago already felt like too much to a lot of people, apparently. And I believe it was exactly 20 years ago this week that Ooh. Cowboy Bebop debuted on Adult Swim. Look at that. Um, on Thursdays, yep, yep. So we're a day late, but in some time zones, that's exact. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> granted, this show actually came out in 99 in Japan, but the dubbed version was released this last week. The first episode came out. Hmm. Very cool. So I want to go back to something Definitely. Josh brought up last week, which was, uh, <laughs> well, but the, so the subtitles I've noticed yeah, recently I've have been a little of off. There was, as you said, uh, there has been a lot of S-bombs, and at least in the past six or so episodes, they always change them to dams for some mm-hmm. reason in the subtitles. In I think the... they do it in the next episode. Yep. But here is my favorite caption mistake, where very early on when Spike calls for Jet, yep. Yep. what's he call him? Ricky D. Jeff. Yep, I noticed that, and I was like, "Wait, what? Did I miss something?" I, you know, at this point, I kind of want to think that they're outsourcing the caption creation. So it, whoever is doing these captions probably has nothing to do with the Cowboy Beat. Well, no, studios. they just watch the episode and write the captions, <laughs> but to get the name of the main right. character wrong. You no, know, it could that be. It could be that they left the captions from the original. DVD rip, right? Because they could have just pulled that file off and mm-hmm. and streamed it. But in that case, it's a 20-year-old mistake, you know. But um, do you guys, are you saying his name is not Jeff Black? <laughs> I've been under the impression that it was Spike and Jeff the whole time. <laughs> is that not his name? Ah. Mm. I got nothing. <laughs> That's funny. My name is Jeff. Jeff. Good old Jeff. I'm really grateful that there's nobody named Jeff in this television show about space bounty hunters. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) My name's Spike. My name is Jeff. That's Nobody's afraid of a bloke called Jeff. (laughs) No, they would be if they looked like Jet. That's true. Go ahead. Who, let's talk about, is an amazing actor. Between this and last episode, <laughs> yeah, like True. Jesse and I were talking earlier about last episode. I want a whole spinoff just about like Jet going undercover, being a hippie. Yeah, uh, yeah. This is like suddenly. I just kind of wish we had like spent more time with this side of his character the whole time. He must have been like a great undercover cop back in the day. Is where he honed those skills, or maybe he's just like a suffering. Like he always wanted to be an actor, and his parents <laughs> made him get into the law enforcement. He's a Closet thespian. <laughs> That's right. That, this, you guys, every week I have like just so much trouble picking out a show title because there are so many bangers dropped every week. Now, the the thing about that was like he, he 
it makes me go, how old is he? Because he seems to have this huge history, but he's also still spry and like kicking ass all the time. But like he had the suit and I don't think it was the same suit because the suit in the last episode, I think, was white. It was very similar. I did notice. It was like kind of a lemony, like kind of off-white. I didn't like it as much. But I maybe Jet is just so chill because he used to do the undercover work. Like, because it's like, like last week when he was undercover for no reason. Like, Andy doesn't know who you are and doesn't know what your voice sounds like, so you don't have to do a fake voice around him. I think there is definitely something to the theory that Jet is a closet thespian. Did you guys have anything else from the first session this week before we move into the synopsis for the second session? Um, I love the extremely relatable scene with Jet in the store waiting for a video game, (laughs) surrounded by kids, just pissed. Yeah, he... uh, Um, I actually have a picture of that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't buy... so upset. I don't buy consoles on release for that reason. Like, it's mostly for that reason. Because it's like, I don't want to be around that many people for that long just to maybe not get the thing that I am there to get. That's, yeah. Yeah. Sounds like a lot of snot. It's... So... Yeah. What would have been coming out console-wise around 1998... Would that have been... N64. N64. Yeah, I was going to say 64, probably. I thought the N64 came out in 96. That's around 98. Sega CD was like 96, 97, I think. Uh, I'm the only person that's ever actually owned a Sega CD. So (laughs) Ricky D, my favorite video game of all time was on Sega CD. Was it Panzer Dragoon? It It was Lunar, the Silver Star Story. Oh. For the five other people out there that know it. But I swear... That in that brain dream commercial, those were images from Sega CD. They looked like uh, straight Sega CD they games did. I had played. They did. I have never played a Sega CD, but I have um, played emulation of them in a in a one hundred percent legal way. I would like to say hello to our friend Roy, the intrepid DM in the chat. He says, "I'm here. I'm late, but I love you guys." Fact check. Thank you for being here, Roy. We appreciate it. We were just talking about old games and. Um, Trying to get a console in a room full of children also trying to get a console that just released. And uh, if you, Josh, did you have any other points for this episode? Um, that just, I mean, the the cult aspect, they, the, they were really driving that cult thing home. Just got to make sure you pronounce your body and then we'll cleanse your soul. Good Lord. Yeah. Who? What? Who does, who like goes, okay, yeah, that sounds good. Uh-huh. Yeah. Sounds well, was great. anyone else waiting to see what, because like they kept telling Spike that. I was like, I can't wait to see the scene where Spike has to get his soul cleansed. What's it going to be? And we never see it. Well, and I would imagine that it was that that uh, process that had started happening to Jet, right? Like when they say cleanse your soul, they mean like oh, turn you maybe. into a, a. Well, they say it's the first thing, so I assume Faye had her soul cleansed because she was in the room with them all. Possible. And she was. <laughs> It does seem like maybe it wasn't permanent unless he wanted it to be permanent. I, it, there's some fuzzy areas. Oh, fuzzy mm-hmm. reception, tracking, VHS, old television. <laughs> Static <laughs> in a dark room, super creepy. It all co- uh, and no kidding, right? How creepy was that room full of TVs? All right. Always, always a static TV in a dark room oh, is so man. creepy. I was like, we need to go shoot a music video in there right now. But I am not in a band, so... <laughs> I went to a concert actually a couple of years ago that had they had a bunch of old school TVs on the stage, and it like when they 
came out, it was all static. It was it was really cool. Oh, that is very cool. And our friend Roy in the chat has a fact check update for us. September 29th, 1996 was Nintendo 64 in America. Well done, my friend Josh. Suck it, Ricky. But on the cult thing, the vibe I kept getting was uh, <laughs> uh, like, uh, you know, L. Ron Hubbard, Dianetics, that sort of thing. Like even more so than Heaven's Gate, just because like Dianetics was the one like those were the late night commercials I always saw that like that opening commercial reminded me of mm-hmm. the, yeah. the volcano and the am I saying the right word? Dianetics? Am I going to I get believe it? that yeah, was you're right. Goran mistake on this later. OK. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's what I thought. Also, doing some research for this. Do you guys know what the L stands for in L. Ron Hubbard? The who? Larry? The her. <laughs> uh, I don't. Lafayette. Ooh. Lafayette. If my name was Lafayette, I would not go by L. Yeah. Because I think I'd go by an amazing name. Anyway, <laughs> Did you just live on a Lafayette street? Yes. Sidebar. A French general? question mark maybe is why we have a lot of stuff named after yes. Lafayette in America yes. um, maybe so if no one has any other notes from the first session for this week put your finger up in the sky if All right. I do or don't if you do I do <laughs> oh go ahead Cameron <laughs> well I just I mean you'd mentioned it but I I was really struck by how often this show has dealt with the themes of age specifically like people not being the age they seem We've had the kid with the mind of an adult. We've had an adult with the mind of a kid. Here we have a kid posing as an adult. You even got Faye, who is much older than she appears. Um, who meets her graduating class that's yeah. like 90 right? Much years older old. than she is. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It just seems to be a theme they return to a lot in the show. Ed's age is extremely ambiguous, I feel like. Mm. I think they've said 13 at one point, right? She, or maybe you guys have said 13. She's explicitly 13, but she is um, definitely more mature than 13, and she's got... And also very much less mature. Right. <laughs> she's got she's got vagaries to her to her personality, just like all the characters do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100% um, on that. Yeah, and, and it could definitely be considered a, a theme of um, age versus wisdom, I guess. Mm-hmm. Because they're, yeah, definitely, and and man, leading into this episode with that in particular, I don't know if we've seen Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D actually cry on camera yet, folks, but if it's going to happen, it's going to happen in the next about hour and 10 minutes, so stick (laughs) around for that. Um, Did you have anything else specific from the first episode, Cameron? Um, Well, I was just going to say the whole show itself is kind of like that, like that Uh, mix of like, it is an adult-themed show in what Ricky D has affectionately referred to a genre for children. Mm-hmm. Um, I was wondering if that had anything to do with it. Uh, other quick notes was I'd like the, uh, the shot of Spike sitting on the broken TV at the very end, like sitting on his conquest, even though he had nothing to do with actually killing it. Um, <laughs> love, love the moment. Um, because as, as they were talking about the little hacker boy, who I'm pretty sure they said is 13, uh, like I immediately thought of Ed. And then there's little that great scene where she's boy. leaving the hospital like looks up and has that connection with him because of course like that could have been her mm-hmm. uh, yeah that great. yeah that look back was definitely for sure and uh i think that's it i'll save the rest for shots of show and, and ratings that was the first like hard heartstring pull to yeah. your point kylie and and yeah that was i'm i'm glad that one of you guys brought it up um it was it was also i think one of the more um feminine shots of ed 
mm-hmm. for lack of a better term, in the series up to this point. They it feels like they kind of overplayed the curves in the lines when she was looking back a little more, maybe in both of these episodes. But all of that out of the way, let's dive into the emotional depths that is our next session. Miss Kylie, please give us our synopsis and any fun, sad facts that you have for session 24. Okay, session 24, Hard Luck Woman. Uh, Faye and Ed discover clues to their respective past that could send the crew of the Bebop heading in very different directions. Um, So first of all, Hard Luck Woman, the title is that, you know, 1976 single by Kiss. Of course. Um, Of of course. And then, uh, no, really? Oh, okay. Okay, I thought that was... um, (laughs) But then um, Spike, towards the end of the episode, is reading a book called Walking on the Moon. Um, and that would be a reference, probably, to um, that single by the police. Walking, Walking on, on the, moon. the moon. Yes, exactly. Um, and then also uh, McIntyre and Apple Deli um, seems to be a reference to Mac and Apple Computers. And the ho- and dude kept saying Macintosh, mm. too. Kept mm. calling him Macintosh. Macintosh, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, so that's what I got. <coughs> and then, as we referenced before, the... Uh, the egg-eating stuff is from the movie Cool Hand Luke. Mm. Yes, yes. And if you guys noticed, all those eggs were in how many baskets? So this episode, <laughs> I think the thing about it is the intro, the thing that really struck me about the intro, I believe, and I'm asking here because I'm not sure, but I believe that this is the longest that we have gone without any music in a in a session so far like the first was a minute and, and 45 seconds maybe first two minutes is just Faye and ed and no music and i was like "Ooh, this feels different right away ricky d from best flicks with ricky d did you feel different right away with this episode uh i honestly didn't notice the lack of music but uh there was something about ed sleepwalking right there in Faye's room I knew that Faye and Ed were probably going to be important characters for this episode, and it also made me nervous that Faye is a little bit more manipulative than some of the other characters, and I was nervous about what she mm-hmm. might be lining up to put Ed through. I was also nervous. I was like, great. Is Faye about to like make me hate her again? She was just getting on my good side, and now I'm just going to hate her again. But no, it ended up not happening. Um, I did find it weird that did Faye kiss Ed or <laughs> bite her or was she trying to blow her up like a balloon or So what I got from that is that she was trying to blow air into her lungs to interrupt her breathing potentially thus waking her up um I have never awakened <laughs> someone that way before <laughs> However um if my lovely wife is watching, hello, honey, I love you. Uh, sometimes as an idiot, when you find somebody better than you and you get to marry them and they go in for a kiss because they're super sweet, sometimes you feel, oh, it'd be really funny if instead of kissing her, I like blew air into her mouth. Um, and you pretty much only do that like once. and it's Only once. But it's, I mean, it is kind of funny. I've gone um, for tongue in the nose. <laughs> That's another good one. Highly recommended. I have not done that. I may have to do that. Intimacy. Uh, cats have done that to me. <laughs> Intimacy 
with Ricky D mm. from Best Flicks with Ricky D. Put my the tongue in your really nose. Someone to admire. <laughs> Baby. Wow. I'm going to put my tongue in your nose. <laughs> Just turn this into a love line. All right. Okay. I, Cameron. You don't send me down that road. <laughs> yeah. Let's have a if podcast and I about love line. Could make a show like or about love line. We would. And it, there's not much stopping us outside of like availability and time etc but <laughs> this is the right crowd for that for that jaunt so let's not go on that i um, probably listened cowboy bebop sorry i just gotta say i probably listened to 30 hours of love line this week so <laughs> <laughs> nice ricky d has the links if you folks are interested yeah <laughs> yeah so totes <laughs> Yeah. Do do any of you guys, let's start with Josh and Kylie, do any of you guys identify with Ed here as a, let's call it a heavy sleeper? No, I think we're both pretty light sleepers for sure. I sleep pretty really? heavy. No, I don't. I, I do. No. You're just How could loud. there possibly be disagreement on this? <laughs> no. We need the love line expert here. Ricky D, what, what you got for uh, Josh, uh, base? He turned the TV off and he's like, I was watching that. You're damn right, because I was watching it. Based on your relationship with your mother, Josh, I'm going to say you're probably a light sleeper. I am. I am kind of a light sleeper. You're right. But once I do hit a deep sleep, like, I don't sleep very often. Like, I sleep maybe six hours a night, you know, because I I do a lot of stuff. Um, But when I do hit that wall, I fall into a pretty deep sleep for a a good while. So I've, I've been known to sleep deeply. And then he also Cameron? has trouble waking no. up, so he's just a big yeah. grump. Uh, Only compared to my wife. Ah, uh, she's a, she's an even lighter sleeper than yourself. Yes. Ricky D. Uh, you know, uh, you'd have to ask my dog, Zoe D. I could see Ricky sleeping like a truck. <laughs> well, I'll just share this story because I've never slept slept walk sleepwalked. Anyway, but there's a great story about one time during a sleepover, I had some friends over, and we were watching, I believe, Time Cop. Not important, but detail. And everyone had fallen asleep, including myself, but my friend. And he's sitting there, kind of spooked. There's a big window behind him that opens out onto the woods behind the house. He's watching Time Cop, a little old for us at the time. Apparently, at one point, I leapt off the couch turned off the TV, turned around, garbled some Cthulhu-like nonsense, and then went back to sleep. And apparently my friend was so scared, he just like sat there in the dark for 15 minutes, like wondering what had happened. Wow. So I Did guess Cameron in that night... me? <laughs> I, was, wow. I was a heavy sleeper, I don't know. So, I... Um, one of those people that does that pretty constantly, except it's not um, nonsense, it's like completely formed sentences, apparently... Like I've been told this, right? I don't, I don't remember any of it, um, but I, I sleep like a rock. Like I've slept through being physically shaken before. Like it's, it's just one of those things. But <sighs> he's um, not wrong. My, it's, it's happened. You've, you've all seen photographic proof. If you are not a first-time viewer to the sudden but inevitable rebop, that's what we call a tease. You'll have to go back into our old video archive to check out our old episodes. Uh, but. I do have this weird thing where if I'm asleep and somebody calls me, for some reason, when I answer the phone, I do everything in my power to to sound as though I've been awake for hours. You just caught me in the middle of an errand. I totally have time to talk. I'm ready to go. What's up? So it's like, it's like, hey, what's going on? And it's like, I don't answer the phone like that ever. 
unless I was asleep. And I have no idea why it happens hmm. because I can totally then completely forget the entire conversation like that takes place after that. You're ashamed that you were taking a nap or something. Or some, yeah, it's like the deep lizard guilt in my brain is like, wake up and answer the phone. Like, it's so strange. And I don't, I have no idea why I do it. But yes, I'm, I'm a heavy sleeper. So I identified with ed having her face stretched to comic proportions <laughs> and great. snapped back into place and i just love the sudden shot where she was sitting there out of nowhere that was fantastic yeah so yeah. josh g an old person on the an old tma episode couple episodes um he had a roommate that did like was on call all the time and they were like you know we were over there and they, you know, he had been drinking and everybody was trying to wake him up like, oh, you, you have to go home like this, you know, at some certain time. But they couldn't wake him up, couldn't wake him up. So they're like, somebody's like, finally call him. And uh, he woke up right away because he's always on call. So, oh, wow. man. Yeah. <laughs> I, and so just to, to belabor that point this much more, I I can't wake up, Kylie. Like, I'm, I'm very grumpy when I wake up, just like you said, Josh, was it takes me forever. I need like 90 minutes. There was a whole thing about it. Um, I, I don't know why that's the one instance where that happens. Like, it's it's really strange. Did anybody else's heart drop twice right at the start of this episode first when Spike referred to the girls as the girls? Ah. I thought that was, all, yes, I did note, <laughs> note that, and I thought it was quite adorable. That's what I call Trev and Minnie's, the, the girls. And then again, immediately when he finished that sentence by saying, are gone. I was like, oh, like this is the uh, we're three minutes into this episode and I'm having way too many emotions already. Also, we've been talking about it for like 20 minutes and we're three minutes in. So, <laughs> well, just the opening with Faye and the videotape was was heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the first thing I noticed was like, oh, TV again. We're opening on a TV. And then, you know, the last episode, he's talking about how TV, the, the evils of TV, the terror of TV. And here it's like, no, TV is going to maybe not save Faye, but it's how she's going to find herself thanks to TV. Yeah. It's a tool that can be used either for good or for nefarious matrixy purposes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, I think the word for the song that plays when we're introduced to Ed's father. What? what? Like... <sighs> weird i think the word for the song it's playing is is sexy the song is sexy right is it's that, a good song it's a good song is that the word oh my gosh i love that song now cameron i know that we talked about the music in this episode being a touchstone and it is this is not the song for me quite yet so i'm gonna hold off and say ricky d from best flicks with ricky d how are you doing buddy <laughs> Doing good so far. Uh, okay. Totally dry. Yeah. Do you have any notes about Faye or Ed or their ennui? Uh, not up to this point. Uh, this is right about when we start We're being introduced to Earth, right? Yep. Uh, and everybody's, again, disappointed that they're back on Earth. Uh, I must have missed something. Is all of Earth kind of underwater? Is it relatively in- uninhabitable? It seemed to be quite desolate. Well, I mean, we've seen it before when they were looking for Ed. So there are communities. Mm-hmm. And obviously, right. they sat down and had dinner together at a table somewhere. Right. So there has to be some spots that are... Well, and um, they, but we got does, that yeah. shot of the geography, right? Where it's like 
a landmass with a huge chunk taken out from that that meteor. Mm-hmm. So it's, I mean, it's I just think dangerous. Your, yeah, but to Kylie's point, I mean, if if the Earth started losing land, that would equate to a bunch more water, right? Yeah. Like that's. I I think it was implying craters, though, right? Like that's where. Right, craters, but it also definitely, yeah, terrain changing events. Oh, <laughs> for the sure. moon Kylie. cracked. Yes, and... Kylie, the moon cracked. That would affect the tides deeply. Oh, that's true. That's true. We're so glad you're back, Kylie. <laughs> we all missed it. We all missed it, except for you. Well, and apparently Josh. Good job, Josh. Too. I don't. I, mean I to... just said the moon cracked. <laughs> you did, but Kylie we had, had had asked about the water, so. I just love being on Earth. I'm a sucker for post-apocalyptic stuff. We'll get more into that later. But I just I just love how Earth is the most alien-feeling planet in the Cowboy Bob, Bebop solar system. Like, every other yeah. planet feels more like Earth today. Well said. Civili- yeah. Civilization. Yeah. And it good one more layer of un- discomfort, right, mm. for this episode. Like, we're on the worst planet this show has available. <laughs> like, yeah. Come on. Oh, Which isn't too Earth. far from the truth, like today. <laughs> well, it, by default, is both the worst and best that we have yeah, available. I mean, I'd rather live here than any other planet right now. Currently, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right now, I'd, yeah, for sure. I'd say we got the pick of the litter currently. <laughs> um, I did like that. Faye promised something good to Ed, and then somebody else fulfilled that promise. <laughs> Not necessarily, mm-hmm. you know, because of that, but it it did end up working out that way. Callie D in the chat. Climate change, my man. Callie D in the chat is still in hippie jet mode from last week, and we are totally <laughs> cool with that. Hippie jet mode is the way to be. I'm sorry, just go back to the sexy tune real quick. I know that's yeah. not our touch point, but th- that's is that the one with the Beatles bass line? I mean, uh, I'm just double checking. That's what that was, and I wasn't going crazy. Right? Yeah, and I, I caught the I caught the Beatles bass line okay. for sure. The come together. Yeah, sure. that's it. All day, yep. Okay. I and what do we think about Ed's dad, Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D? How the first time you meet this man, tell me what tell me what's going through your heart and your head. Well, it's difficult because the first things we really learn about him is he abandoned Ed at a babysitter's. Forgot. In, forgot, forgot about, her, about at her. Daycare. I'm confused how that's different from abandoned. But okay. everyone <laughs> has forgotten their kid in the store at least once. Don't deny it. Uh, I have never done that. <laughs> uh, but however, I would just assume when... I was left at the store once. <laughs> I've literally probably. Not I think by we your need father. to twist left this into a love line podcast. But I only made it to the parking lot. <laughs> uh, Josh, how did it make you feel when you were left behind? And. Uh, which one of your parental units was in charge of that? Uh, I don't think I really knew at the time. They actually told me later on that they had <laughs> left. Um, uh, I was in the magazine aisle reading Nintendo Power. I used to do that really too. Trying to get all the codes and stuff, and then <laughs> they left, <laughs> and then came back and found me in the magazine aisle and was like, "Hey, <laughs> it's time to go." <laughs> now, to everyone's point. Including uh, Roy, the intrepid DM in the chat, and Rosie in the chat. On accident versus on purpose. Roy's never done it. I've never done it. We've all had moments where we went, where is my child? That's a little different. To Rosie's point of on accident versus on purpose. I think that's why Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D doesn't like 
I'm just going to call him Mr. Ed, because he's using <laughs> the understanding of other parents who would say, I, I know what it's like to lose track of your kid, to kind of couch the fact that it has been seven years. Well, uh, so I, I don't I don't think it's bad that I, or that it's good that it's been seven years. But oh, I, no, 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 no. Anything no, like no. that, but it could happen, especially, you know, the 90s. <laughs> oh no, and I'm we're we're not criticizing you. I just merely point. meant to I meant to illustrate that you kind of are all illustrating the point of why that guy is a and douche. I do right? want to round like, out my opinion of Mr. Ed. Uh please. Of course that's the first thought is well he abandoned Ed at this daycare for seven years, but the first time Ed sees her father, she jumps off the ship into his arms, happier you know, this is a person we see at a nine point five out of the happiness scale, out of 10, and she's Mm -hmm. breaking through that and going into double digits. Right. Well, not even into his arms. She jumps over him (laughs) knowing and trusting that he will catch her in, like, a a thing they haven't done for, did they say seven years? Yeah. Wow, yeah. (laughs) And if Ed is 13, those are are some important years. (laughs) Most of the years that they would have been doing that, in fact. Yeah. Um, I have to I have to do this because we have wonderful people in our live chat. Callie says, my mom lost me at the largest airport in Germany once. She didn't abandon me so much as I wandered off on accident. I was three, so that was fun for her. Kids and then Rosie says, we left my little sister at church one time. Mom thought she was going with me. I thought she was going with her. We both left with her. Friends brought her home. Totally... Yeah, if you have a wonderful, happy, loving community around you, it's it's a thing that is understandable, and that's what makes this guy so objectionable is because as far as we know, he doesn't have that. Like, he can't even remember his assistant's name or his child's name or his child's gender or a lot of stuff. So... And again, they live on a post-apocalyptic hellscape right. where a meteor could fall on her head at any moment. And tech note, they could not picture real-time satellite imagery right because they had <laughs> satellites in the ni- in the late 90s but there was no they couldn't they couldn't project that one forward to go yeah someday they'll just be taking live video feeds of the planet and it well, will I, be in the ed it. episode because obviously that one satellite was still there but i assume the satellites wouldn't be very safe with all the moon rocks crashing into them right and most of them to to your point are probably gone at this point but I think the futility of what it is that this guy is doing is yeah. part of the point, right? Yeah. Like, oh, sure. Because it's going to be, A, constantly changing. B, nobody lives here. <laughs> like, Well, he's it, prioritizing this, this yeah, feudal. Right. Uh, at one point I said, don't go chasing meteor falls. <laughs> Stick to the eds and the, I don't know. That's as far as I got. I stopped. But I yeah, he's that. prioritizing this feudal effort and, instead of his, his daughter. Just stick to the bebops and the ads that you're used to. Yeah. Thank you for taking it to a satisfying well, conclusion. You had to put bebop in there, but I did. I, wow. This is. So yeah, I, love I this was. Show. Uh, I, w- my thoughts on that was that maybe Ed jumping into his arms wasn't, you know, a reflection on him. It was a reflection on Ed's very forgiving nature. And, and honestly, I uh, it actually it reminds me of my um, my relationship with my own dad. We like just reconnected a few years ago, but I hadn't seen him since I was thirteen. And so, thirteen's like the magic number, I guess. 
Um, but the, yeah, I remember reconnecting with him and it was just like that really giddy childhood kind of feeling, even though, you know, he may have like totally not been father of the year. So, so I think I really kind of resonated with how Ed was feeling, you know, just, just forgiving nature, you know? Well, I do think it was much more interesting that they made him, uh, I mean, he was loving towards her when he was giving her attention. Totally. And I think that was far more interesting for them to do than to have just made him completely not care or completely oh, abusive. Callous. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. It's, it's much more confusing, especially for Ed that way. Like, it's almost more um, toxic. Right. Well, and that's a thing I believe that's, I don't know if prevalent is the word, maybe well-known among uh, children relatable for children of single parents uh, growing up because of the, you as a person who experienced that I had a tendency to idolize the parent that wasn't present right because I could imagine that parent to be whatever I wanted them to be where it was like oh yeah he's probably the greatest and he got all this cool stuff you know and if it was if he was just if I was wherever he was it would be fine but it's like as a child, you don't have the capacity to go, yeah, but one of your parents is here providing for you, taking you to school every day, making sure you're okay and have clothes to wear and stuff, you know? So I I feel like Ed definitely, as we saw in the last episode, she starts having these pangs of, I would like to belong. And we haven't seen her have those up to that point, but now she gets them and she has this opportunity, a couple of opportunities really quickly stacked back to back to belong and she, in a, in the perfect illustration of how much more mature she is than the rest of us, at 13, is like, no, nah, this ain't it. Well, I think Faye put that in her head, too. Like, Faye yeah. was really, mm-hmm. she was trying to find out where she belonged as well and really projected that onto Ed and was like, you need to find out where you belong. And I think that resonated with Ed so much that she was like, you're right, I do don't know where I belong. My dad is over here doing this and the bounty hunters are over here doing this, but I don't feel like I quite. So I think Faye kind of started that, that whole avalanche of, of things well, even before on. Faye was the nun saying, yeah, um, that's true. You know, we all have to you know, we cherish whatever ties they have. And I kind of did the, uh, you know, Thor Ragnarok gift. Do we, do we, <laughs> those are our ties. Like, that your ties are apparently are with your found family. Yeah, I feel like Ed is just getting bad advice this whole episode. Yeah. Well, I feel like Ed is getting advice, right? And and mm-hmm. it's up to her to true parse. Is this good advice for me or bad advice for me? And she, I feel like she definitely takes a page right out of Faye's book. Right. She she can see that At Faye thirteen though. I mean, can you make those decisions like very? easily is this good is this bad are you thinking about that at 13 (laughs) normally obviously no right but she's she was on her own when we met her Mm -hmm. so it's i mean she and she's a super genius right i mean she take care of herself um but yeah I, i mean and that's a fair point kylie but it's it's i think a big part of this cameron is not necessarily that we're supposed to identify with one piece of advice as the correct one, right? It's just mm-hmm. like these are all advi- these are all piece of advice that everybody has gotten at some point, and it's showing you one size does not fit all as far as family is concerned, or as far as belonging is concerned. You know this, that, and the other thing, and it's a choice that you have to make and a um, a path that you have to walk sometimes alone. Usually, honestly, you have to do it alone before you can figure out where you belong. So, yeah, excellent 
excellent. I love all of you and I love our podcast. I'm so, I'm having a blast. So before I give my next note, let's say Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. What's your next note on this show, my friend? We're going a little bit back in time, but when they ran into that daycare and all of the kids were <laughs> acting exactly like Ed, that yeah. was mm. great. Uh, oh, the yeah. trash gremlins? Yes, the trash gremlins. <laughs> yes. Or uh, babysitter, as I'm... <laughs> but yeah, all those trash gremlins, they all acted like Ed. They all ate like mm-hmm. Ed. They all... It was fun to watch. Uh, one of them collects fingernails. <laughs> Best oh moment God. in the entire series. Yes. Just the pinky. It's it's <sighs> totally cool. Like, <laughs> Can I please have your nails? How do you say no to that? And she's Faye, you like... are heartless. I know, right? I love the prayer. I love the, uh, <laughs> our father in heaven, yeah. you know we're here, so I'll leave out the rest. Let's eat. Let's eat. That was a cool nun. Yeah. Uh, during that scene with the nails, there's a weird moment, and I've only, I only noticed because I listened to the headphones the second time, was, did you guys hear the weird counting in the background? Like, yep. I guess it must have been one of the kids, but it sounded like a weird voice is just like doing this countdown or something. Yeah. Oh, I didn't notice that. I didn't notice, no. I figured that it was a... Like I identified with, you know, having been the weird kid in several groups of kids, I was like, oh, there was always one kid that would be either talking to themselves or like vocalizing mm-hmm. nonstop for kind of no like reason. Grounding exercises. It sounded like, yeah, yeah. a quirky yeah. kid thing. Yeah. It just creeped me out because all of a sudden I hear like this number station coming <laughs> through. But then later too, when Faye is leaving, it happens again, but it's, some, it's like another voice talking about a satellite. And I don't know if that's just like the startup on her ship or oh i don't know if you got that but it was just a couple like weird background voices that you could only hear in the headphones um there was somebody was like choking up or like sobbing in my immediate vicinity during this episode <laughs> and i didn't there was some small audio cues mm, that i missed yeah I okay mm. i don't actually know who oh, was, I was responsible like, but who would be sobbing That's <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> i get it though i get it <laughs> children toddlers <laughs> Jesse. Jesse. Like, oh, I said Jesse. What'd you do, Jesse. To, what'd you do to your wife? <laughs> yeah, it was it was me. I, <laughs> Spoiler this alert. Is a, this is my new favorite runner where, where Kylie's like, oh, I get it now. And then everybody goes, uh. <laughs> <laughs> so we have, we, we when, when they, when Jet tells, rather, I think Spike tells Jet that they're gone again. Uh, Jet goes, where are, Where did she go this time, Arcturus? Does anybody in the chat or on the screen have a mental reference point for the word Arcturus? No, I'm sure there was one. I, I was sure there was one there, but I did not catch it. Mengsk? Yes, sir. The leader of the Dominion? Dominion? In the Terran Dominion in StarCraft? Yes. yes. Yep. Oh. 1998, I believe. I mean, Pretty sure that's also some other famous Roman general. I uh, mean, my my knowledge of the XCOM <laughs> character is much more solid than that. Right. So, um, if I'm not mistaken, the StarCraft character is named after a star. Uh, mm. Arctur- mm. I believe Arcturus is actually a star that we have, you know, maybe hubristically named, but we named it. <laughs> um, I agree, and I appreciate that. <laughs> the timing on that was kind of immaculate. <laughs> so where's that weird voice coming from <laughs> I, I do appreciate that when they get back though um jet tries to lay down lay down the captain <laughs> hammer here right and mm-hmm. and even he eases off like 
we've not really seen Jet have a ton of emotional intelligence up to this point, but the face that Faye makes, you guys, mm-hmm. ow. And Jet immediately picks up on that. Now we do get like a misogynistic Jetism from him shortly thereafter, but he knows to to ease off and let and let Faye be. My next note is the music thing that I can't wait to talk about. So let's have Josh and Kylie give any notes that they feel like we've jumped past up to this point in the episode, and then we'll go Ricky, then we'll go Cameron. Um, I nope. Then my next is the music. Yes, I um, um, also do not have anything to add. Yeah, sweet. Uh, Ricky D. Are we best flicks with Ricky D? We skipped right past Faye's old classmate. We did literally old. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and that was kind of an interesting moment where that old woman kind of wheels up and Faye, is that you? Uh, it was just a really interesting moment. We're like, oh. Somebody that Faye went to high school with could still be wandering around. She couldn't meet mm-hmm. these people. Uh, it was a really, it. You know, when you think of these futuristic shows, you think they're Star Wars or Star Trek time, like far, far, far in the future. But this is one of those really fun little moments that it brings it everything in smaller and closer. Hmm. I agree with that. I still wasn't quite a huge fan of Grandma Exposition. Uh, <laughs> just because, yeah, like, I, I don't love the trope of people recognizing people way too easily and then being super cavalier about something that would, they'd be gobsmacked. Yeah. Right. Gobsmacked. Well, she seemed to know um, that Faye was put into uh, that, like, healing chamber. Yeah. But remember, she didn't yeah. know that she didn't have her memories. Yeah, I just, I feel like if that happened, like, that was such a monumental moment that, is only played for exposition. And I feel like, well, you could have got there through flashbacks or like finding buildings. I thought, I think there's a lot of other ways they could have done. I would have appreciated more. Now to that point, this show has always relied heavily on its tropes and it's Mr. Or Mrs. Exposition character because it it doesn't have a ton of time to get through itself per episode, per session. Right. Um, but yeah, she was definitely a little bit, and and she was kind of recapping some stuff that we had already known. I mean, that's but, what she was there for, yeah. Yeah, but she yeah, definitely if, if you put hadn't a seen face, the previous episodes, right? And she definitely put a face to some of those some of those feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, Ricky D, do you feel like do you feel like your um, immediate shields that you put up with Faye potentially manipulating Ed in this episode did they come back down all the way through? Or I did think you... so. Uh, it was yeah. really humanizing to see Faye looking, longing for this home. She's always mm. running to the next place. She's always trying to get something out of the next person. But she finally, she had this moment of, I need to find my home. I need to be where I'm comfortable. What was that? Uh, belonging. She needs to be somewhere yeah. where she belongs. Mm-hmm. And that really humanized her. And especially at the end of the episode where she kind of mapped out the house and found her bedroom and lay down on where her bed would be. That was Dude, really that was humanizing. Well, I think, yeah. what did she say? Belonging is the very best thing there is, right? Yeah. And Which kind of makes you realize that's probably what she's been chasing the whole series, right? Right, right. I think maybe one of the other reasons the grandma thing didn't work so well for me, or the old friends specifically, is because I feel like in all the flashbacks, we haven't really seen her family or her home. We've seen her school and her classmates. Mm -hmm. Those are the faces she saw in the video. Those are the flashbacks we've been seeing for the most part. Uh, 
so then when she's like so dead set on home and and her family and her family home there's a little bit of disconnect there for me where it's like well you have a classmate you found your school that seems to be what the show has been telling us is important so if it was going and i love the homes i love that bedroom scene that's that was a great visual and a great moment i just wish they had established that as strong as they had established her schoolmates well and if that's suddenly Faye's main goal then why wouldn't she be like oh who else do you know from my past life you know, where's my closest family member or what happened to the money yeah, or something, you know? right like answers. she does have a past yeah 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 but that's a very good point didn't she already kind of dive into her family past in a previous episode when she first found that video? She was seeing visions of her family. Well, she but she didn't have like um I mean they're they're gone obviously, right? But she doesn't necessarily know like how to find anybody that would be left over because I don't know that there was she it shows in this that she's having the flashbacks to the location. So up till this point she just may not have known where to look. Well, what I mean is, like, when she watched that video, she was starting to remember things. Yeah. I feel like. And she was remembering her family and stuff like that. So I feel like this was more on the remembering her extended past, not her, like, family past. She was remembering her high school past, where her house was, where her school was, oh. where where those things were. Whereas the first time she was seeing those memories, she was remembering where she grew up where her family was. And so this was just an extension of that. I feel like that's why they didn't dive much into the family aspect and they dove more into like the high school aspect. The other part of your life that would be big at that age. Right. You have your family life and then your school life or or your your social life, which is primarily dominated by school. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Like it's a uh, two, two sides of the same old blurry Betamax picture. (laughs) Right. Before we leave the school, though, we do have to talk about how amazing it was when Faye grabbed Ed and ran off with <laughs> yes. her, and Ed just yeah. remained in the same position. Yeah. He picked her up like a suitcase, and, yep. and yeah, I and that was actually maybe the nicest, and just Ed before case. that, was the nicest that we've ever seen Faye be, because the little girl's, like, confused for a second, and the old lady's like, this is, and Faye goes, I'm a ghost from the past. All right, see you guys later. <laughs> it like, was that <laughs> well, she know, didn't... It kind of felt like she was messing with the girl and then took off. Maybe a little bit, but she wasn't like, she didn't needle them. She wasn't no, yeah. like, she wasn't real fey about it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. she was softer than she probably would have been had that been Spike and Jet asking those questions. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So Cameron, talk about your musical memory touchstone with this episode so that in case it overlaps with the other music notes that the rest of us made you get first go at it oh please take it away well sure i mean again like i didn't remember much about the show i remember enjoying it and i remember loving the music i've downloaded a bunch of the songs but call me call me is not just my favorite song of the entire series it's one of my favorite songs i listen to it all the time and it's so weird because like when it just hits me in the feels all the time and like it, it puts me in the exact same mood I was the first time I watched this episode, which I'm sure you all know how you were in that mood when you watched that scene with that song. But it's so weird because it takes me there, but I had no memory or context of what happened around it. I just remember feeling a certain way, this like bittersweetness, mm. um, remorse. Whenever I hear the song, it's just music is weird. Music is weird like that. They did yes. that with the with another song in this episode too. When when they're traveling back to the bebop 
they were playing like a song that was That's very it's and it was a very like cerebral like it was something that you would listen to when you just found out something heavy something just got dropped on you and you were like mm-hmm. god i need to think about this for a minute that song really really embodied that that thought process i feel like and and i think to your point as well cameron at the end it's the same thing it really that music really really they know how to invoke feelings with the music and yeah. i think that's one of the best parts of this show by far is that like you were saying you can remember this song you might not necessarily remember the context of every part of the show but you remember that this song was awesome for whatever reason so i'm really happy that that didn't match mine because i was really excited to give mine i was like if he says the same thing i say i'm gonna be upset a little bit so the scene where jet and spike fight mr ed and mr mcintyre and spike is totally failing to have any effect on him whatsoever the this is my favorite bebop soundtrack song uh it's called don't bother none and it's the lyrics of the song are kind of about the futility of trying to change the past or things that you can't control definitely look up the full version on youtube it's really really good but it definitely applies both to um you know spike's attempts to knock out this just slab of a human who just remains unmoved big yeah he and he does not flinch he doesn't give there's no movement he's kind of the juggernaut so but he still throws eggs right very well like bullseye he's like this is good enough for me i don't you know necessarily need to crush these people um but the song playing behind them uh don't bother none it's just so it applies not only to that fight right but it also applies perfectly to the task that he is undertaking of mapping the aforementioned ever-changing landscape which is itself kind of a pretty decent direct metaphor for life right where you're trying to map out the road ahead of you it's always changing there's literally no way to know the path without walking it you have to physically be out there doing the work and it's and that song the last time to your point of feelings and memory i believe the last time we heard the song don't bother none is when they are um casing the town looking for the young boy in sympathy with for the devil it's like this mm. very slow, ponderous, acoustic guitar riff. And I got to tell you, the lyrics in the full version, they're sung with just so much angst, angsty blues vibe going on that it's, I mean, it just, I love this song. Go look up Don't Bother None on YouTube. I feel like that song belonged in a saloon fight. Seriously. Like someone broke a bottle over someone's head and then the music starts playing and there's just a brawl. I love this fight. And it's over pretty quick. It's not quite yeah. as necessarily as dramatic <laughs> as some of the other fights, right? The headbutt at the end, where Mr. Yeah. Ed just knocks Spike out. Like, yeah. It's awesome. Crushed. <laughs> and probably like compressed a couple of vertebrae in his spine or something because that was intense. I mean, that yeah. guy, like we said, yeah, he was a wall of a person. So um, the the last actual note that i have for this episode i'm not going to say out loud because we would all start crying and it also would spoil some of the segments going on so i would like to throw it to my guest cameron do you have any notes that i mean we we never really go in structure but do you have any notes that you feel like you have to talk about from the second session 
session two. Um, I got well. I I mean, I just want to talk about that ending, guys. The Ugh. the the whole ending under the "Call Me, Call Me" song. Yeah, it's it's so moving, and but like, so it gets me in the feels. But I'm not sure which feels. They're not great feels. We've talked about how we don't think Ed's making the right choice. Um, you know, she's going off to a very unhealthy relationship with a father person. Uh, Faye is chasing a past that no longer exists, literally. She's lying in the, the ruins of her past. And, you know, these these are not great choices our characters are making, I don't think. And I don't mean to make it about the boys in the room, but I kind of think it's about the men. It's about Spike yep. and Jet. We cut back to them, and it's their kind of machoism their emotional stuntedness they're pushing people away has now literally pushed them away and they are left alone literally sucking eggs their first bounty and in 24 episodes yes yeah and they are they're right back where we found them at the beginning of the series they are back there they have made no progress because they have not because they found this found family, but they did not nurture it and care for it. And I think that's the lesson we're taking from this moment in this episode. And yeah. I'm not sure what's going to happen in the next two. Like I said, I have no memory of what happens in the finale, but um, Me either. Yeah. Yeah. You can't have a memory of a thing you've never seen. Now, Ricky D from best flicks with Ricky D to that point, you have always stated, you know, when Ed and I are on the screen, you feel safe. You're like, okay, no stakes. We're good. Ooh. <laughs> Where are you at, my friend? Uh, during that episode, I was clutching my dog and sobbing, <laughs> and it was difficult. Oh. Uh, just, uh, <clears throat> I, I totally mean, <laughs> uh, there's something extremely, there's an extremely powerful connection between Ed and Ayn. And you know Ayn has to go with Ed, but uh, there was just something about them both leaving the safety of the Bebop and uh, abandoning everything we've known that they've known. Um, It was just super, super powerful. They both look back back to, like, they're not super sure. Especially Ayn, like when Ayn runs out the bebop and looks back and... He's all crying. You're like, Ayn, Ayn kind of knows, like, I, I think we should stay here, but I'm with you, buddy. Whatever yeah. you do, I'm with you. Because I don't have English to tell you I think you're doing the wrong thing. <laughs> <laughs> that was my um, my moment of comfort, right? was like, at least Ed and Ayn are together, and that uh, that makes me feel a little better about it, at least. A little bit better. <laughs> But I think I'm a little wrong about Spike and Jet, because who do you think there's a, there's a small step forward? Who, which one of those two do you think put the pinwheel on the front of the Bebop? I think Ed did it. Who cared? No, because Ed gave the pinwheel to Spike before he, she left. Mm-hmm. I guess that's true. So I, guess that's true. I would have to guess Spike because Spike was the one to say the girls are gone, mm-hmm. which means he had the presence of mind to well, and he was up really early, of course. But when he um, found the message too that said bye bye, he, he did yeah, right. Yeah, that was awful. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's it's difficult though because we just had Jet playing the surrogate dad in the last episode, and mm-hmm. Jet kind of playing the surrogate dad for the for a chunk of the series. You know, I feel Jet's a little more in touch with his emotions than uh, than Spike too. 
And I think he kind of always has been, even though yeah. he, they definitely both have a, a machismo problem, right? But he <laughs> seems to be a little more wise in the ways of emotion, even if he's not you know, swimming in those waters all the time. I do want to say really quickly, hello to Phil in the chat. We've missed you, Phil. He says it's heartbreaking to see them go and we can do nothing but agree with you there. Um, I'd like to throw it to Josh and Kylie. Josh and Kylie, how are you guys feeling in these last couple scenes? What was, Josh in particular, if you don't mind going first, uh, where are you you at mentally right now with the show? I'm, you know, I'm good. Um, I wasn't expecting this episode to be as heavy as it was um, by the end for sure. I... I don't think it struck me as much. Like, I definitely got a little misty-eyed. Um, but for for whatever reason, it didn't, like... I don't know. I didn't cry. I'll say that. I did, like I said, I did have a little bit of, like, oh, God, this is really sad. And I still... I have a very, very high rating for both of these last episodes. Um, but I just... I think in the back of my head, I I know that they're going to be back. Well, and her, the uh, tagline at the end definitely seems to imply that as well, right? It says, uh, see a space cowgirl someday, somewhere, someday, somewhere. or something like that. I did. Someday. I actually yeah. did go look up and see where the Cowboy Bebop movie falls, if it was a sequel or whatever. It's uh, it's not. It's in between it's episodes 22 and 23, I believe. So yep. none of this has actually happened yet in the movie, which also makes me excited. And also kind of worried that they're not going to come back for the season finale because of <laughs> because of that. Uh, so. This show, uh, Cowboy Bebop, is the first time I've watched a show that knows with such certainty that they're going into a fina- into a final episode. Mm-hmm. The uh the epilogue at the end of the episode where they tell what's happening next, it's all about hey space cowboys, we're wrapping this up. Uh the fact that they you know kind of broke up the ship's crew at the second to last episode, it says a lot that they know exactly where they're going. In other shows, you know, they might have be coming to the end of their 10-year run, but they don't seem to be as obvious about the fact that, hey, it's coming. Here's the end of this. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's a brilliant point, and I think that is one of the things that I love about this show is that it has so much confidence in itself and... It's they knew from the start, the composer and the animators, they all knew they were like, this is new. This is going to be huge. This is going to last. And it's going to be one season long and people are going to love it. And it, I I mean, I've, I've almost never seen somebody call their shot and just deliver because that the, all that opening text that flies past during the very cool theme song talks about. There was this jazz club back in the day and young kids would go there to create their own new forms of music. And that's what we're kind of doing with this show. Like, I mean, they don't say that. They say, and then in the future, these bounty hunters have this kind of bebop thing going on. And it's like a new genre. But it's, of course, meta-referential to the show itself, which is a fusion, a perfect marriage of visual and sonic influences that were created together and incubated in the same chamber. And it's just... They delivered. That's all I can really say. Um, so now I'm going to hand it over to Kylie because I believe we got Josh's reaction and then jumped some other direction. Miss Kylie. 
honestly, I, I don't think I have anything to add. Um, I feel the same way as you guys have mentioned. It was a very emotional episode and um, yeah, honestly, I, I just really don't have anything to add. <laughs> I mean, it's no comparison to the feelings I had with Wash, but... Uh, <laughs> don't even get that started because that'll add a whole another hour to this podcast. And that was... And that happened in what, like the last 30 minutes of the last part of Firefly that Josh could possibly watch. I want to say, my friend, you did marvelously well. I was worried that you might just come on that stream swearing at me and never stop. <laughs> well, I'm just trying to keep it family friendly. I'm still bitter. Appreciate it. <laughs> I'm still I know, that, that's pretty that's why bitter. I, I just recently joined a brown coat's facebook group and i will always go on there and talk about how bitter i am about that i Our think watch dying is one of the best moments of movie history it's been real cameron have a good night thank you <laughs> <laughs> our friend rosie in the chat i believe she said that she almost walked away um but yes it was yeah. uh, uh callie says it's way too early to bring that up josh <laughs> way too early to bring that up is it which i think is funny because didn't I bring that? No, no, no. You're right. Josh did bring that up. For a second, I thought he was getting unfairly criticized, but I think I think it was fair this time. Um, does anyone have any other episode-specific notes from this that they'd like to get to before we jump into what's definitely my favorite part of the podcast <laughs> every week? Uh, just because I didn't choose it for my shot of the show, and I don't think anyone else did, a shot worth mentioning is that uh, shot of the moon through the cracked window and phase yeah. flashback. Yeah. so cool uh especially you know considering the canon of the universe uh that little foreshadowing is pretty amazing i yeah. liked it well wonderful with that let's get into our first weekly segment then which is spiegel spiel spiegel spiel of course is where we share our favorite lines of dialogue from the episode kylie thank you again for that title it's so difficult to do in a quick manner uh favorite lines of dialogue from the episodes this week since we do have a guest ladies and gentlemen let's have our guest go first cameron what were your choices for spiegel spiel sure for brain scratch um i actually i have to go with one of oh, what was his name Londis's uh lines from his commercial he says the body is merely an object. It is a form of existence far too impure to store the gods within us called souls. One, I just think that's like a cool turn of phrase. So like the cool. gods within us uh, are souls. But I mean, that is, that is in a nutshell, human existence, right? Like the realization that we are, you know, just meat and bone and blood, like he says, or ugly bags of mostly water, as yes. is said in another uh, sci-fi franchise uh, compared to like you know what we consider as the human spirit and how we can rise above that mere physical existence and and, and be bigger and better than that so even though it's uh, in a very cynical uh, cult commercial uh, it's a good good thought and well said it sounds like something profound. you might say yeah. yeah so spiegel spiel for uh for hard luck woman is uh you uh referred to it earlier jesse uh, Jets, a woman's heart's as fickle as the skies of Ganymede. Uh, yes, it's a bit misogynistic, but it is just nine words that effortlessly both define character while also world building. Like that simple phrase, if you had put, if that had been Jets' first sentence in the first uh, episode for session, like you would have known who that character is and the world they live in. Uh, so that's just some pretty efficient writing, I think. 
excellent, excellent choices. And yeah, you know weather can change in five minutes on Ganymede now because that's the standard by which people judge other people's personalities. Now, had Spike said, people, fickle, etc., that would have been... I would have been like, yeah, way to go. And you're right. It's still an excellent point to be but it shows completely the, fair. It shows who Jet is as a right. character, his bitterness, his past, yeah. And which we have now seen, which is just, yeah, it's it's an excellent, excellent point, Cameron. Um, my friend uh, Josh, the host of the Twist My Arm podcast, I believe would like to go next for Spiegel Spiel. Yeah, I got robbed last week, so I want to make sure that I don't <laughs> get robbed this week. Um. So first one for session 23 Brain Scratch is from Ed when she says, data, data, bogus data. Oh, yes. When she's typing Loved in uh, she's typing in a fake What was his name? Account. Oh, God, I don't even Marshall remember. Banana. Marshall yes, Banana. Yes, Marshall Banana. Banana. <laughs> yeah. It was perfect. It was perfect. Um, and then I, I, I really just like that because of today. I mean, I'm pretty sure I have like 12 Netflix accounts. That you know, I don't know if you remember when you could get that free seven day trial years ago, but you know, they weren't tracking your credit card back then, so you could just make up as many emails as you wanted. Please make number eight, Marshall Banana. (laughs) Um, but then yeah, for session 24, my line was, and I just I loved this because it's it's so Kylie, it's a known fact human beings go insane if they don't eat. I laughed at that line. It's it's a relatable line, I think, uh, for everyone in the world. Um, but yeah, it it Kylie, how does it make you feel? Um, not in any particular way. I think it's fact. Is that so? It's, <laughs> it's I probably true. won't be here next week, guys. Because <laughs> I ate them. Wow! You ate me? Yes. Oh my god! I ate them. <laughs> Did just kill me? You ate me too. That's what we were just talking about. Is eating no i know i get it <laughs> it, it goes full circle it goes full circle <laughs> uh kylie did you have uh selections for spiegelspiel this week um yes for brain scratch i really liked londis as well he had a lot of profound things to say mm-hmm. but i liked when he said a uh, television itself has become a new religion mm. that's definitely a good one it's very meta quite accurate um yeah. and then for hard luck woman I really liked uh, when Ed is introducing everybody to each other. This is father person. This is Spike person and Jet person. I thought that and was when cute. Faye had called her in the episode prior, she went, oh, it's Faye Faye. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which she had also done a couple weeks before. And Faye said, no, it's just Faye. Just, just one. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Excellent picks. I like that. Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. Yeah. For the first episode, I have another Londez quote do you know what the world's greatest and worst invention is television uh and i thought that was really interesting because every generation kind of grows up with this new form of multimedia is going is the worst thing that's ever created and the greatest thing (laughs) it was radio at one point with rock music and all of this and that was the downfall of society and then there was television and we have our phones and there was the internet at one point and I mean, podcasts, podcasts. Sure. Yeah. Um, and on the one hand, that's true. It is the greatest thing and the worst thing. Uh, it's there's something about society being able to reach out so far and see so much 
that's incredibly good for us, but it also it seems to have a detrimental effect. So I really liked that quote. It was timely for the episode. I thought it was just a good quote in general. Uh, and for Hard Luck Woman, I have uh, Faye said, that's the best. Belonging is the very best thing there is. Uh, I thought that was another kind of controversial quote. You could definitely fall on the side of, yeah, you. it's very important to feel like you belong. It's important to feel that people love you and support you and the people... I guess I'm kind of falling... I don't have any opposite to that anymore. Uh, <laughs> but when you're just off on your own and you're alone with no one to lean against or... That's just a really rough, really rough life. Well, and it... That's... To your point, that's the reason that it's coming from Faye. Right. She's That's the reason that she's the one that says that that's important, right? Because she's the one that has experienced that uh, lack. And it may it look like strength at certain points. It looks like she's a very strong person because she can be alone like that. But in reality, it's, she's just scared and alone, and she wants to be with people that accept her and love her. Well, just going back to Brain Scratch real quick, there's that moment where she calls him up and she's like in tears saying, I thought I had it. I thought I'd gotten rid of my debt. And like, it's taken me till this episode to realize like all of her greed that we've seen throughout the entire series, like it's all been because of that, because she is, she can't live her life because of this unfair debt she's been burdened with. And it's, you know, it's just kind of suddenly changed the way you look at her as a character. Yeah. When we only get the outside world's view of her, it's hard to like her. So my my pick for Spiegelspiel is the second half of Ricky's pick for the first episode, which is that television controls people by bombarding them with information until they lose their sense of reality. That quote speaks for itself. I don't think I need to elaborate on that, but it I mean, you could say that about anything uh, in excess, right? So maybe the lesson that we're all looking for here is moderation is king. Uh, but I, I, yeah, to that point, to to get such philosophical musings from what happens to be a 13-year-old hacker was pretty interesting. And it kind of fits with the, you know, Ed having a different perspective and potentially being smarter than the rest of our characters, despite being younger than them sort of a thing. It's definitely a little misguided, which is fair, because, you know, he's a vegetable and he's 13 and a lot of other stuff. But there is definitely some meat in there. My second choice, I I kind of can't believe that nobody picked this. My guess is that nobody picked this because they're trying to keep themselves from crying. Um, father person gone? That was just like, she stated it and she asked it at the same time. Father person gone? And the intonation at the end of it sounds just like, anybody's kid when they're learning to talk and it hit me right in my heart and ugh, ugh, I'm so sorry but and and yeah it, it to see Ed finally maybe take some confidence from Faye even if we can all agree that that's maybe not the best source of confidence ever uh, at least Ed is taking charge right not that any of us begrudged her for sort of just floating in the wind but she's seeing now if I'm going to be long it has to be in a way that I make it work because the the people I've been relying on to do it aren't doing it. So I believe that brings us on a 
bit of a somber note into our second segment of the week, which is, of course, Shot of the Show. Shout out the show, as you know, is where we share our favorite visual moments from this week's episodes, the moments that impacted us just a little harder than the rest. Let's stick with that rotation. We'll have our guest Cameron go first, then we will go Josh, Kylie, Ricky, and me. Oh, and Cameron, if you'd like to just mention your shots, Josh will give the time codes at the end because we watched on a different platform than you did. <laughs> sure. Uh, so my shot is... 1818 in the first episode. It's Spike standing in front of the tower of TVs and Brain Scratch. Uh, it was just a shot that I kind of double took on. I, I looked at it and I was like, why does that look like a Christmas tree? Like, what's what's that metaphor? <laughs> and, I mean, it could just be supposed to look like a religious monument or something. But, I mean, the Christmas tree iconography there is pretty hard to miss. And then it, I realized it was when um, Londis was talking about, like, how he believed gods or God did not create humans. Humans created gods, which kind of is a metaphor to Santa Claus, this mythical being that rewards you for your behaviors. And uh, I, I don't know if that's what they're going for, but that's what I took from it. That's uh, Phil, Phil in the chat hit me. A tower of Babel is kind of mm, what I was thinking. And then that's also very good. You get the double meaning there too, because this guy is just babbling almost mindlessly <laughs> Love it. droning on. But yeah, I, that's, yeah, that's just... where I was going. And, and I actually, I really like that secondary religious iconography of the tree because he, I'm, like you said, he is speaking of on themes of and the creation of religion and the purposes of it and things like that. Mm-hmm. So that's an excellent, excellent pick. Oh, and your you, second Jesse. choice, you're welcome, is this shot from uh, the <sighs> montage at the end with, I know, get ready for the tissues of uh, Ed leaving, walking away. And again, there's no really reason I picked this uh, other than I don't have a ton of specific memories of the show, but this shot of Ed, uh, Ed just walking by. I mean, look, you've got you've got everything for me. You've got a post-apocalyptic landscape. You've got a gorgeous backdrop, a silhouette, um, intercutting between different thematically connected stories. Plus the uh, you know the power ballad with strings in the background. Everything about this is designed to make me love it. And uh, you know the next <laughs> shot where uh, it's very similar where where Ed is talking to Ayn. Maybe some more emotional stuff that really did get me when Ayn's head lowered, but. Again, this is the shot that I remembered. Ed walking across to the song. It's stuck with me for 20 years. And this one is at 20 minutes and 31 seconds on the Hulu version. Thank you, sir. Yes. All right. Well, with that, let's have you take it away, Josh. So mine, sorry, I got to just get a little set up here. Mine on episode 23 was at minute 1146, and it's this one right here where they're all kind of uh, just feeling defeated because they couldn't find um, the bounty they're looking for. (laughs) And Ed is kind of freaking out, just like, no, 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 no. I also, I'm not sure we've seen a pulled back shot of the ship like this. Mm -mm. Uh, This is one of the first times we really get to see. From this angle, I think. I think we've seen it from other angles, but this one's a little different for sure. Um, and I, you know, I was, it was hard. I, I either wanted to choose this one or this one right here. Um, <laughs> the one from uh, when they're in the, the, you know, looking for games, Jets looking yeah. to get games. But, um, and then let's see, my second shot from episode 24 was at minute ten sixteen, And it was this one right here where Ed is, they're 
going back to the bebop and like we were talking about with the music it's very thought provoking where you're just kind of sitting and thinking about your life and i feel like this is what ed was doing at that moment was really thinking about what she wanted to do when she got back to the ship so the color palette in this shot is somehow super evocative i don't know if Mm -hmm. it's is it that it's a realistically colored sunset or is it the 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 shadow play is so accurate i don't know what it is in particular but to me this is one of the most emotional shots in the entire series i actually also picked this shot but josh got his in before i did and i felt it only fair and i did go first last week so um (laughs) but it i I can't I, i cannot help but it gives you that sense of uncertainty about the future but not necessarily a negative uncertainty but also not necessarily a positive uncertainty just uncertainty right and and like a sea of possibility and just a little bit of like seeing ed strike out on her own kind of made me think at some point my daughter is going to make decisions that don't involve my input and at i think that's probably why it hit me because the first time i saw this i would have been 10 or something uh so i don't know that i remember this uh frame in particular but i know that i will remember this frame for the rest of my life excellent excellent choice josh i believe that brings up miss kylie and that is this one yes um so I chose this one. I just thought it was a lot of fun. Um, it, I would say that both of these episodes were pretty emotional. Um, but I think that this shot and the, this whole scene with them going in there was just pure fun. Um, so for that reason, I chose this shot. It does look a lot like Kaylee's dress. It does. It to- totally for does. Sure. Big pink debutante dress. Yeah. yeah. Lots of frills. Mm-hmm. The bow. Um, and then I actually I did not have one for the second one. And that one for reference is at the 16 minute and 40 second mark. Very cool. That leaves Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. What have you got, my friend? All right. The first one, this is coming in right after Cameron's, uh, but it's another shot at that just tower of monitors. And I, I like this one just because it gave you that idea of that overwhelming, that uh, this character... Uh, Scratch. Sorry, I'm trying to get my notes back out. Uh, this character, Scratch, is really dominating this area. He, this is something that he's really planning on trying to take over with. So I just, this is a really good picture. This is his arena, mm-hmm. and he is everywhere at once within that arena. Yeah. Excellent, excellent choice. Very Big Brother vibes. Yeah. Very uh, creepy um, surveillance vibes going on. And your second pick, my friend. My second pick was just a little bit more fun. Uh, you know, I remember when Faye was trying to cram her way into the back of Jet's uh, vehicle, <laughs> and they were both fighting each other in that tiny little area. But when Ed needs a ride, he's getting strapped to the roof. Yep. <laughs> not that he minds. And... Not that yeah. he minds. Josh, do you want to do you want to correct Ricky live? Oh my god. <sighs> I will correct myself. I apologize. It's uh I just get strong You're androgynous good. vibes from Ed yes. and uh, I'm I'm landed on the wrong side. 
in the same way that Ed's own flesh and blood does, you're totally good, Ricky D. I couldn't help myself. Uh, yeah, just in much the same way that Faye picks her up like a suitcase, she uh, straps she her to the roof, checks that bag. Yep, there's <laughs> there's no need to bring it with. So um, I I really liked that, and then you know maybe a little bit of development to Cameron's point of the softening because she's riding on the on the red tail on the way back. She's not yes quite taped to the to the hole. Um so my first choice this week for shot of the show comes at 18 minutes and 14 seconds in the first episode. This is Spike confronting uh Londis and to me this is one of those shots that made somebody look at this show and go we got to we got to do this live action. There has to be a way to translate this into good live action. It's People are going to love it. And, I mean, I can't, I can't wait for this shot. This shot really reminds me of the promo shot of John Cho as Spike, and I'm very excited. And a lot of my shots, if you're not a first-time listener or viewer, you will know, have um, uh, an explanation of me going, Spike is so cool. So we're just going to go with that for this one. My second choice this week is from a time code that is three minutes and nine seconds into hard luck woman and this is a shot of spike getting ready for the day he's brushing his teeth it's morning this is right before he notices and intones that the girls are indeed gone i just with everything that has happened in these last two episodes with all the change that's happening with all of the character exits that we're getting again the color palette here just like in the sunset is somehow beyond impactful this is realistic and surreal at the same time it's i feel like i've seen this sunrise before and knowing we only have two episodes left i sort of dub this the sunrise on the end of the series um which is animated by sunrise animation i just realized that how about that for full circle i also appreciate that uh spike is uh encouraging good dental hygiene (laughs) he does smoke but he also brushes every day that's right he is probably the healthiest character. We've seen him work out. We've seen him eat all right. Well, maybe not great, but... All right, my friends. We have two more pieces of business to get to before we can wrap this thing up. And wrap it up, we must, because we are going long, which I'm fine with. I love you guys, and I want to say thank you before we go any further to everybody in the live chat and everybody here on the screen with me. Thank you for doing this show with me. I love doing this show. You're welcome. That having been said... <laughs> <laughs> It's time to rate this pair of episodes. So, let's stick to the same rotation, Mr. Cameron. Oh, no. Oh, no. Go um, ahead and set the tone. Oh, all right. Well, so, brain scratch. I think whoever wrote this episode had a really good, strong opening. I mean, that opening with the TVs telling the exposition through all the different TV channels was great. The setup was amazing. Um, and I think they had a good, solid ending with, like, the twist, tropey as it is, but it was solid with, like, it was it was all, like, a kid in a hospital the entire time. I do feel it got a little muddled in the middle. Like, we have the strong kind of culty religious themes, TV themes, but then we're just getting everything else thrown in the middle, existentialism, the concept of reality, how we control people. It, it just felt like they took every theme of every sci-fi dystopian movie and threw it in a stew and threw it at the TV to see what stuck. And I, I, I did not a lot of it stuck for me. Just like Spike and Londis's whole conversation just kind of felt like 
just come, kept jumping all over the place. Now, you're bringing up that Londis was always a 13-year-old boy, maybe a little petulant, maybe a little bit angry. That softens it a bit for me. That does make it make it a little bit more sense. Still not so satisfying. I'm going to go six and a half. Six and a half for Ooh. Brain Scratch. Yeah, I mean, it's above a five. I'll watch it. I like it. Great opening. Some really good scenes. I just don't, I don't think they knew what they wanted to say with the episode, though. Now, Call Me, on the other hand, I did say I had a couple problems with a couple scenes. Doesn't matter, because, again, <laughs> this is just one of those episodes that sticks with you for 20 <clears throat> years. And for everything I always said, I don't have much more to say about it. 9.5 for, call, uh, for Hard Luck Woman. I like it. I like the range. I like the justifications. I like the adjustments based on the conversation. Kind of means the world to me. Let's go ahead and have Josh give his ratings next. I'm going to make it quick. Nine, ten. Nine <laughs> and ten. I, I mean, I, I I loved both of these episodes. Um, I really liked uh, the second one more. Um, is that your first ten, or is that your second ten? my second ten, yeah. Okay, I know I've also given two tens. That's why I ask, so um, very, very cool. But yeah, I was uh, I really, really liked both of these episodes originally i had the first one set as a 10 as well but again after discussion and stuff and after cameron's negativity i had to bring it down to a nine so that's right i've done something (laughs) i think the term you're looking for is cameron's objectivity but i appreciate it (laughs) nope nope negativity (laughs) it was negative objection well miss kylie what have you brought with yourself this week for your ratings um, I am kind of in the same boat as Josh. Um, I think I'm going to do a eight and a nine, um, solid episodes. We're getting towards the end, so they're packing in lots of good content. Um, I do agree though with what Cameron said about, um, Brain Scratch. There was a lot of ideas in there that they just kind of threw out there. Um, but other than that, I thought they were both, uh, really incredible episodes. Well, since you've now all given your ratings, and I should have said this before, I would like to point out that all of the extra topics that Cameron brought up, existentialism, how we control people, concept natures of reality, that sort of thing, those are usually tied into how cults control people. And that's kind of, I I mean, I'm sure that's why they were there, right? Because he's substituting people's reality against their will, of course. But it, you know, it's not that, I guess for me, it felt less disjointed. I'm not discounting your point. I'm just saying that I think for me, all those things are part and parcel with a, a cult storyline, I guess. Um, so knowing that I'm not trying to affect anybody else's ratings that have already been given, Ricky D from Best Looks with Ricky D. What are your ratings this week, my friend? I seem to be at the same consensus as everybody but Cameron. Uh <laughs> Cameron, I, I love think this might have been our two strongest episodes so far, like that have worked together. Uh, I'm going a nine for no, sorry, nine point five for the first episode, Brain Scratch, and for Hard Luck Woman, I'm gonna go another ten. Yes, that's your third ten. I think or it's your my second. second. I think I just did second Mushroom ten. Samba. We and we, I don't know that we got. A, more than one ten out of you for Firefly Run, did we? Probably not. I don't think so. And I know that you're very judicious with them, so I deeply appreciate that. Yeah, it just, uh, the first episode, Brain Scratch, I really enjoyed it. It was great. I think Cameron has some 
good points about how they didn't flesh out every single thing that came up, but it was still a great episode and it really drew me in. And for Hard Luck Woman, uh, just the emotional impact that it had uh, and with so few flaws, got to give that one a 10. Yeah. And if I may, the one of the myriad things that I really like about Cameron, about Cameron's show in particular, is that he never just gives you a point and then says, just cause, right? Cameron always has reasoning behind it. He's always thought about it. Sometimes I feel like um, it's hard to listen to Cameron's show because he is significantly more intelligent than me. And I'm like rewinding to make sure I didn't miss deep cuts and sort of thing. So I, I very much appreciate Cameron's input on, and your ratings. And I, I really like that you took the ratings seriously because we always say we want people to be honest with them. So thank you for doing that. First of all, I don't need you to defend me, Jesse. Keep going. Keep I'm going. not defending you. I just want everybody to know that when I talk about loving you, I'm not just talking about it. <laughs> so you're still wrong. To that point, my rating for the first episode is it's going to be, I think, lower than the rest of the crew, but it's not low. Um, and by the crew, I mean you three regulars. I'm going to put this episode at a 7.5. Um, not because it's, you know, not amazing or anything like that. It's just that for me, I think the point that Cameron was making is sort of seeping in. Not that it's like, oh, now I agree with Cameron. It's more that it's like, oh, I remember all of these pieces. And I have talked a lot before about how all of the putting a million tropes together in one episode doesn't bother me. And it doesn't. But to that point with uh, three episodes left at that point it almost felt like okay but we could have done like maybe maybe something a little bit more character building oriented or I don't know I don't know what what, what my complaint is but it's very small and I still enjoyed the episode so I'm gonna go 7.5 on that one and then um I can't I can't um help myself but give the second episode a 10 um to to be I'm a very emotional person, so to be on the verge of tears multiple times in one episode messes with me. Um, I don't think I actually ended up bawling during this episode like I thought I would when I realized what was happening. But that last shot of the big smiley face and bye-bye written in such an innocent, big, childish hand, but also in such an impactful, like, meaningful way just really hit me. So I think I have to give that one a 10. Um, but what that means is that for the first episode... The sudden but inevitable rebop, plus our favorite guest. I don't want to say that. One of our favorite guests, Cameron. I just don't want anyone else to feel bad. Gives the Brain Scratch episode a... Josh, talk to me about your episode with uh, the host of Made You a Mixtape, please. Yes, absolutely. Um, I had Jason on from Made You a Mixtape out of Canada. Wonderful, wonderful guy. Um, wonderful podcast. If you have not checked out his podcast, make sure to go listen to it. It is called Made You a Mixtape. Um, and we had a really fun conversation. It's actually the longest interview that I've done in a while. Um, it was almost two hours long. Um, but it was, uh, it was, it was great. Um, and if, if you get a chance to check it out, you know, it's streaming everywhere twist my arm is listened to so yeah um and i believe what well, everyone gave this a 10 except for kylie right 
Everyone gave that. I didn't Except, give any 10s. Well, oh, you so didn't give a 10, Cameron? God, Cameron gave 9.5. I'm sorry. Cameron gave a higher <laughs> rating than Kylie did, to be fair. Um, so just really quickly to clarify, I have this piece of paper where I write everybody's ratings down, and um, I did that, but I wrote them right next to their ratings from the last episode, and then I couldn't tell uh, which episode's ratings were which, um, so that's definitely on me. But... I have it all figured out now for the first session, Brain Scratch, The Sudden But Inevitable Rebop, plus our friend Cameron, gives this episode an 8.1 out of 10, very respectable, and we give the second episode a 9.7 out of 10, which is just, I mean, I think that puts us about where we feel feel good with that. Callie says it was very emotional. Um that's definitely an understatement. Emotional is is definitely one of the words for it. So um, I, I just, I loved these two episodes. And I think the emotional part of the second episode that we watched, you guys, is the thing that made me start to freak out because we're really close to the end of this show. And the way that Jet introduces the next episode was, it's been a fast ride for Bebop. It's been a fast ride for us too, you guys. Like, this has been quick but i want to say thank you for coming with josh and kylie ricky d thank you guys for watching cowboy bebop with me are you having a blast yeah good yeah i love bebop well kylie i know you love bebop because you're (laughs) cool but as long as josh and ricky aren't hating it that's all that matters i am a little disappointed that i always changed the channel back in the early 2000s when adult swim would come on and (laughs) cowboy bebop came on i was like yeah i'm good Kicking so your I'm, younger I'm little, self. I'm a little mad at myself that, you know, 12-year-old me wasn't more interested. That's fully understandable. But, hey, you've got friends that care about you and make sure that you see all the cool stuff. Mm. Normally, right here, we would give a bunch of great shout-outs. I don't have any this week other than Josh and Kylie and Ricky, like I said, because I'm feeling real real excited about this show and I've had a blast tonight and I've had a blast the last two seasons covering shows with you guys. So thank you. And I want to shout out everybody in our live chat. That's Phil. That's Roy. That's Callie. That's Rosie. You, you folks are amazing. And, and I'm just, I'm grateful to have you. And I want to say thank you again to Cameron, of course, for stopping by now in lieu of my shout out, I would like to have Cameron tell the fine folks out there where they can get a hold of more of him because I know they want it. I think I should leave that up to you, Jesse. You can do it better than I can. If you'd like to, I can. (laughs) Why don't you tell them about Green Shirt? Green Shirt, of course, hosted by Cameron, is a newbie's trek through Star Trek The Next Generation. Cameron and his co-hosts are going through one episode at a time, not like us where they smash everything together. And um, you can follow Cameron on Twitter at GreenShirt87. You can follow his show. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I mean, I, you can't. I, I mean, you Cameron. know it all, apparently. I just... Well, look, I'm I'm a fan of the show. That's actually how this all started. So I've listened to every episode. I wait for new episodes to come out. Um, Cameron didn't watch The Next Generation growing up, much like Josh didn't be. watch Cowboy Bebop growing up. So his friends are graciously taking him through, much as we are taking Josh through. Give us those Give us those tags. Yeah, at GreenShirt87 will find us on Twitter. Uh, GreenShirt87. Sorry, Facebook.com slash Green Shirt Podcast is our Facebook, Green Shirt Podcast on Instagram. You can find us in all those great pod chasers wherever you're listening to this show. You can most definitely find us. We're just about to start season five. I've been promised there's some amazing episodes coming up. 
and I'm excited for those. We just put out a uh, bonus recast episode, which is I think is a lot of fun, very where good. the four of us uh, concoct four very different casts uh, <laughs> for a TNG remake. Um, not that we endorse that, but the cast themselves are pretty fun to listen to. Uh, and then also, I'll just uh, bring up Franken Zed is a uh, all puppet zombie horror movie that I helped work on here in Portland, Oregon. It is now on the festival circuit. You can watch the trailer for it at puppetcore.com and uh, see where it's playing. If it's playing anywhere near you, and if if you if you like the trailer, if you think it looks cool, help us create some buzz. We're still looking for distribution for it. That is very cool. Here's another thing that's very cool. Our friend Roy in the uh, chat, the intrepid DM says. This is Cameron from Green Shirt. I watched the first two episodes of TNG and the movies because of you and Jesse talking about your show. Oh, that's right. You are watching it for the first time. It was very fun. We had a great time. There will be more Star Trek watching. Thank you very much, Cameron. Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. I feel like I should probably ask you if you have a shout out this week. Uh, remember when I was trying to find a rival on Twitter or whatever that was? (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) Well... Uh, there is a 30 Rock podcast called Good Pod Lemon. You can find them on Twitter, at Good Pod Lemon. And I was actually talking to these people before they started their 30 Rock podcast, asking if I could be a guest on their show. And they were saying, well, we actually, we're just starting up. We aren't doing guests yet. Let's, you know, no worry. Well, now they're doing episodes with guests. And I haven't been mm. hit up. So, oh, this is Pod not Burn. a shout out. This is a call out. Yeah, <laughs> at Good Pod Lemon. Uh, that was that was a little uh, nasty of you guys. Not appreciating. <laughs> That's a deal Pod breaker. Burn, I love that. Awesome. You've incurred the wrath. Holy cow! I love it. We will uh, we will initiate. Um, Pod Trash war? talking on your behalf. Yes, sir. I, I, we will do that. <laughs> Engage. Uh, Miss My Arm Cast, Kylie, have you got a shout out this week, my friend? I, I do not this week, no. Josh, is there anything you'd like to talk to a uh, talk about other than your wonderful chat that you had mentioned with uh, Made You a nope. Mixtape podcast? That, that was my right. shout out for this week. Big deep breath, you guys. <sighs> We got a couple more left, you guys. It's gonna be okay. There's gonna be a season three of Sudden But Inevitable. Woo. Ladies and gentlemen, in the live chat, I want to say thank you one more time for joining us and watching and listening out there in podcast land like you do every week. You're just the best. Couldn't do it without you. I also want to thank the crew and Cameron one more time. Thank you guys very much. So, for the Sudden But Inevitable Rebop, I have been Jesse. I'm Cameron. See you, Space Cowboy. Ricky D. Best flicks with Ricky D. It's Kylie. And I'm Josh. This here's Adam Baldwin for the sudden and inevitable rewatch. Signing off. Guess where I'm going to be. Yeah, that's right. I'll be in my bunk. Thank you for listening to the sudden but inevitable rebob. Follow us on Twitter at sudden but. Follow us on Instagram at sudden but inevitable podcast. Or go to twistmyarmpodcast.com slash SBI to get everything all in one place. The Sudden But Inevitable Rebop is a Twist My Arm podcast. The views and opinions expressed on this show are held solely by those speaking them.